So uh, WNBA championship ring holder. Country Western Midnight DJ. Yeah. And the voice of Newcastle High School, Kevin Lee. If you could describe this uh, lunch we just had in one word, what would it be? Reciprocal. Oh. I've interviewed both of you before. <laughs> That's true. Yes. And I'll, I'll probably have you on my radio show uh, He's pointing to at talk. Ryan very specifically. <laughs> no, I'm, gonna have both. I'm never allowed back. After I'm going to have both of you yeah. on, right. on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So we are in the same business. So if we can help each other, fantastic. And I did appreciate the free lunch. Well, we, we have podcast money, but we think you've got broadcast money. Uh, Pretty sure I know which pays better. <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley. I'm Sean Heckman. And this is another episode brought to you by our friends at Continental Tire and Acura. And what have we been doing, Sean? Well, we've been all over the place. You know, when we do all the mileage add-ups. That's right. Uh, we just uh, fantasize that we've been to the moon. And yeah, back. we just make up things and it seems to work. So let's just keep going with it. Well, speaking of getting stuff done this year. We just got done doing a year of road trips. We've been all over the place. We went to Mexico. We did. We went to Indiana. We went to North Carolina. We went down to San Diego. We have been all over the place. We got some TV shows. We got some podcasts. We got some podcasts about the TV shows. <laughs> got some GERD. We got GERD. Yeah. We got extra weight. Yeah. We have Diabetes. looming debt. We have uh, budgets running out. Upset partners. And uh, spouses who are angry. And Kevin Lee. Oh, right. So who's Kevin Lee, Ryan? Kevin Lee is one of the uh, longtime TV and radio personalities of motorsports. If you're familiar with the IndyCar series, he's generally on the Peacock channel. He's generally on NBC Sports. He's also the at track during the month of May voice. So Kevin Lee and IndyCar racing are one and the same. And he's basically a career-long broadcast guy. Being a native Hoosier, he's also done a ton of sports commentary over the years. Mm -hmm. He's covered the NFL. He's covered the NCAA. He's covered men's and women's basketball. Kevin is just a voice of a lot of different stuff. He is a broadcast professional that's right something we could learn from yeah maybe we could try that one time more recently kevin's been doing the imsa coverage which is how we got to know him a little bit in fact you got interviewed by him this year at vir i did and that's probably never happening again yeah, one and done yep so some of the things you're going to hear about on this episode are how many voices in his head he has it's a lot <laughs> uh you can hear about being the number one voice of am country radio in newcastle indiana we get into the subject which is very important to both of us which is who is a psychopath in indycar because we have a theory and it is confirmed yeah we nailed it and uh we also learn about cheating all of his employers to help his child and finally working with townsend bell Ugh. poor guy Ugh. but you know how we got down to indy huh we got a nice little comfortable ride from our good buddy, Rene Rast. Rene! No, no. That, that wasn't me, for sure not. That wasn't me. Nah, that wasn't me. You know what also leaves a long-lasting impression? What's that? That would be our TV show. That's correct. If, not only is Kevin Lee on TV, we're on TV. We are. If you go to uh, Motor Trend Plus, the streaming service. That's right. Or if you go just to YouTube.com forward slash Motor Trend Watch, you can check out uh, Motor Trend's channel on YouTube. And there's no shortage of Dinner with Racers content. We have all three of our seasons of television up there. If you saw the first two seasons on another service, those are up there. We had our third season come out this summer. That's up there. We've got a fourth season coming up. All thanks to the efforts of Continental Tire and Motor Trend to help us get up on the air and find a new home. 
You know what's just as important as watching, Ryan? Is that leaving a like and a comment? A comment goes a really long way. It shows you're real. We'd really love to see you guys help us out, as you always do. Let Continental know. Let Motor Trend know how appreciative you are in the comments below the videos. That's a real big help for us. We've heard that that can help us make more shows. We know you want more shows. And what's cool about this with us on YouTube with Motor Trend is that you can watch it anywhere around the planet. Our fans in Australia, our fans in Japan, we hear you loud and clear. We get the emails. We really appreciate how supportive you are. And now it is available for you to watch. So please check that out anywhere you want. Motor Trend on YouTube forward slash Motor Trend Watch. Hey, Ryan. Yes, Sean. Who actually makes all of this really happen? Continental Tire. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I go, Continental Tire! And it's like, (laughs) like I see your face in a microphone and it's like the first thing I scream when I come to. And I'm like, sweaty? It's it's crazy. So that's uh, Continental Tire. You can go to ContinentalTire.com, check them out for all your tire needs. Also, they sell hoses. (laughs) And shoe soles. Yeah. People tag us in that stuff. Belts for your car. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's great. Yeah, you can spend all kinds of money on Continental products, not just tires. That's right. And you can definitely tag us on social media because that lets Continental Tire know. Please do. All of our efforts are worth it. Yeah. Except for our 25-minute intros, apparently. (laughs) Now, once again, thanks to our friends at Acura for providing a vehicle for us to get around town. It was very helpful. But for now, why don't you listen to the literal professional voice of Kevin Lee. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Good timing. (laughs) Yeah, you're done right. Right here? Yep, take a headset. Are you new to headsets? Well, I'm like left. I like the left side. Oh, um, that might be tough. Oh, okay. Well, I flipped it to the left side. <laughs> I like that side. All right, right. good to see you. Yeah. There you go. You got it. Yeah. All right. See, it's like being right or left-handed, or, or some drivers right. get in on a certain I side of the car. I, I like yeah. the headset mic on the left side. So the thing we've learned within a minute is that Kevin Lee is extremely high maintenance. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your reputation. Yeah. Difficult guy. High yeah. maintenance. Yeah. Controversial. That's who you are. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. I'm always stirring it up. Yeah, I post something what... on Twitter every day yeah. yep, that, yeah. you know, there's 75 comments yelling at me. <laughs> so can you say now who your big guest was last night? Since that will... Well, you're going to have a pass-along question from him. Okay. So, so that'll be you will, you will okay. hear in okay. time. You, all right. But uh, we're running the show, not you. All right. All right. They're reporting. I'm not used to that. So, so Actually, I am used to that because that's what television is. Is being told what to do? Yeah. Radio, you kind of run yeah, the thing say, yourself. Yeah, but say you've got you got the TV stuff, you got the radio stuff. Um, but I and I don't I don't necessarily know the, the, the specifics of being a field reporter, but um, or in the booth. But I mean, it seems like uh, like at least in the field reporting, from what I've seen, it seems like you you are able to drive a lot of the stories you want to drive. Yes, but you still have to get someone to sign off on it. Copy. So I yeah, I yeah. pitch something right. And then they say, no, that's a terrible idea, <laughs> right. or I like that, or a lot of times, I like that, but we don't have time for that. Sure. Gotcha. Um, okay. and, and even in the booth, you can dictate what you want to do, but you're still told to talk to the pictures. If you yeah, start talking you. about something that's yeah. not on TV, yeah. that does not go over well. We, we like, you're learning this uh, with, the, with, the, with the... So uh, you just got to follow. And, yeah, and the director, yeah. it's, it's really a triumvirate, the director, the producer, yeah. and the and the announcers right. deciding what's going to be talked about. So we'll hit our talk back, 
as we'd like to talk about this person. Talk about Can you give a, me a like shot? A, a button that goes to the, the booth that the audience can't hear. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and say, we'd like to talk about this next. Show me this car when you can. Right. And then we go from there. Do, right. they, do they actually give Townsend Bell one of those? Does he actually get oh, to talk yeah. about it? Oh, wow. And, okay. and, and the running joke is that Townsend is producing the show. Imagine okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Wow. But good producers and directors do like feedback from the booth people. Because really? They that do. That seems like a terrible <laughs> idea. I'm way out on that part of it. Well, in, in theory, do, we are the experts. So uh-huh. they, they <laughs> know, f- they know the go. sport, but they want people to Kevin, you're my guy. direct yeah, yeah. where we're Welcome going. Welcome to the show, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, don't is, that. This, is this an internal <laughs> argument here? No. 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 <laughs> but it's going to be. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, for me, it's an eye-opening experience working alongside Sean on a lot of these projects we do, especially now that we're doing TV stuff with Motor Trend, uh-huh. because I don't have a background in that. You know, I didn't have a background in podcasting or anything like that or interviewing but i think i have the gift of gab which helps but there are a lot of times where he'll have a suggestion or he has a goal in mind or something he needs me to do and it took me a while to just like shut my mouth and follow the lead and we still have problems with it every now and then just because i'm like wait what are we doing because i'm right. actually curious <laughs> much more on the tv side than yeah on the yeah for side. sure for yeah, sure yeah. and uh and that's because i don't know what he's attempting necessarily through a production or in a moment when something changes. Yep. And so I have to just kind of like, you know, improv, whatever it is. And then later get the explanation of like, here's what you didn't know or didn't see, or here's what my, what I thought when I heard that. And that, that's something that I don't have a way of knowing, you know what I mean? So, and I think what you guys are doing, it, it's more creative. Yeah. So that's a little bit different, yeah, but live yeah. television is more nuts and bolts sure. but it, it is a partnership yeah. and you do need to trust the people right. that they know more about the business and I always ask my camera guy yeah. or the director, hey, you guys pick the shot. Yeah. You know, I, I'm the talking head. Yeah. You decide what looks best, and here's my idea. Sure. Will this work? And, and I'll trust them when yeah. they say, no, don't do it that well, way. Yeah. The, the big difference is you're doing something generally live, yeah. which means you are yeah. absolutely talking to the visuals or the whatever's interesting in a live moment. Whereas the, the thing that I think Ryan and I go back and forth with the most in terms of me coaching maybe the wrong mm-hmm. word, but kind of saying like, hey, I'd like you to go down this direction. Yeah, yeah. We're working to the edit. Like, yeah, I know right. what I need in terms yeah. of, like, I need an edit soundbite that's yeah. going to introduce this next chapter. And yep. that's that's a very different thing. But it's yep. same idea that, that as the guy sort of in front of the camera, you don't necessarily know what's going on in the booth or where they're trying to go with this. Yeah. yeah. So. Yep. And that's always a part of trying to decide what you pitch because you don't know what else is being planned. So right. I do have the ability to put myself on the air in the right. pits. I try to avoid that unless somebody's on fire. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. I've just – and also remember – the pit producer that we talk to is yeah. the conduit to the lead producer. Right. Because the lead producer is talking to the director, can hear the right. camera people, has 20 voices potentially in his head. Right. And they can hear us if they want, and some will, but generally the pit producer will pitch to the lead producer what's right. going on. And there have been occasions where I think I've got something that really needs to be said, right. and it's not getting through that maybe I just put myself on the air but I try not to do that because who knows if someone else is getting and ready to talk. what bigger picture thing is there that yeah, you don't know about yeah, exactly? Yeah. And oh, We're already learning the nuts and bolts of it because the, the pit producer said so there's like in the pit lane, there's two to four of you depending on, you know, the scope of the event. Correct. And you can't go directly to the director or the producer because there's a hundred other things going on between yep. talent, station breaks, so all the other stuff that you don't know about. Um, so you've got somebody who's directly accountable just to the people in the field. Yes. Who then can then go back and say like, okay, Kevin's got this. or And then they might have another pit reporter talking to them at the same time I am because we can't hear each other so then they have to come back okay what did you say what are you talking about because they've got four people basically everyone is fighting for airtime 
And then when you get to the Indy 500, you've got four pit reporters, plus you've got Mike Tirico and Danica Patrick on the pit box. You've got the people in the booth. You've got Rutledge somewhere doing a feature story coming up. So there's a lot happening. Motorsports is a, the, the biggest. I would say golf is the other one that comes to mind, which yeah. I've not done. But that's the other one that has the most announcers. Well, you have so much ground to cover, too. Yes. You know, as opposed to like a basketball arena, football field, it is a very contained space. And, and you, you see everything. Yeah, you can exactly. see the entire field of play yeah, yeah. in basketball and football. And there's two and teams football. or two players. Yes. So yeah. there's not 196 like you have in the Rolex or <laughs> right, something Right, exactly, like exactly. All right, so Plainfield, Indiana, that's where we are right now. Yeah. Uh, you live Good right pick. next door. I live about 10 minutes away. Right. I live on the south side of Avon. It's almost on the Plainfield right. border. Uh, my dad grew up here in Plainfield, so we moved here, we moved to where we live now about two years ago and moved to Avon about 10 or 15 years ago from not far away. We lived yep. on the west side of Indianapolis. Right, and so you went to Ball State, you are an indie guy. I'm an indie guy. I've lived, I, I assumed when I got into this that I would move around the country Yeah. Uh, because my original goal was to be a, a baseball announcer or okay. a, a team basketball play-by-play guy, and right. you'd have to move with that, and opportunities came here to where I've always lived in Indianapolis. I've yeah. worked in Indy, and I've worked in Newcastle, Indiana, and Muncie, Indiana. Okay. <laughs> nice. Broke your leg there. Oh, I broke yeah. my leg in Car Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, hey. yeah, but not the way you'd think. Well, wait, <laughs> okay. how, how do you think? <laughs> how do you think I got yeah, it? How do you yeah. think it happened? Well, the first guess would be in a cart, yeah, but, yeah. so it's probably not that. No, no. <laughs> yeah, he got mowed down. Yeah. He was looking the wrong way. See, Don't you to- dare, <laughs> you mother <laughs> So you've been to Newcastle. And also you're uh, a TV guy. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing video. And if you stand at the wrong point at Newcastle, there's no such thing as your back to the track because mm-hmm. anywhere you go, your back is to the that's track. That's his story. I don't know if that's you, actually it's true. Is it true? <laughs> no, yes. No. yes. Well, okay, I, I okay, know okay. prominent yeah. people that have been struck by carts and injured badly yeah. at, 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 Newcastle at Newcastle and other places. Okay, yes. cool. So you're just one of many. I'm just one of many. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but uh, so, so you grew up in, I mean, basically right here. Yep. And uh, so was, was sports broadcasting always a thing? Probably since... Late junior high, certainly high school. I, okay. I loved sports, and yeah. that's what I wanted to do. Right. Played basketball and baseball through junior high and still baseball through high school. Yeah. But, but I knew by the time I was in the seventh or eighth grade, you know, that's not going to be my yeah, career. I got you. I got so you. what can I do? And I like to talk, and I love right. the history of sport. Right. Um, so uh, my high school had a radio station, so I started doing the play-by-play for the football and the basketball games and right. did baseball. I was on the JV team right? Uh, and kind of led to that. So I have a feeling we probably had similar paths in high school because I've always loved sports. I'm guessing you weren't necessarily alpha star quarterback type in no, high no. school. No, yeah. str- struggling to make the team. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a massive high school. It's basically well, a small college. Ben Davis right. okay. is where I went to school. So it was difficult just to make a varsity team. Well, in you Indiana, know, anywhere, I assume, is like it is. Sports it is are pretty sports big. Sports are a thing, especially yeah. like baseball, basketball especially. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Our, our high school won the football championship every year. It was right. a massive program. So you weren't going to get the girls with, with being the, the star basketball player. So you went AV nerd, right? <laughs> I was never good technically. So oh, okay. uh, this is how I ended up doing what I'm doing. Um, we would there, there was a TV radio class, and you would all take turns doing the different jobs, producing, gotcha. directing, producing, running yeah, yeah. the cameras or whatever. Yeah. And when it would be my turn to do the other things, just go sit back behind the desk yeah, again. Yeah. Go sit down. Why is there sit blood down on and, this? Sit down yeah. and talk. Yeah. <laughs> So I was never good at running a camera. Right. Uh, I could have maybe produced. I, I like doing that. I've actually done a, a little bit of that 
freelance in the last year, uh, I helped produce a boat show oh. uh, for one of Townsend Bell's production companies oh, last yeah. year. Was so. it Paul Tracy, your honor talent? So Paul and I, for that one, were the, quote, talent. Okay, uh, I so I worked okay. with Paul. Okay. So, no, luckily, Paul was not my talent. He Let's eventually say. took okay. his... He eventually took his script. Uh -huh. these, these shows are kind of hard. This yeah. is the hardest thing I do. I've done boat shows, and I used to do the Detroit Auto Show. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to get some things correct, uh, and you're just kind of talking. But Paul right. would tape his script eventually to his camera guy's chest. Really? And read it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's nice. the only way you could hold his attention. So it right. totally exactly. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul was yeah. good at because Paul is naturally curious. And he knew boats a little bit, so he was he was good to have. Yeah. But how do you get the production deal there? Is that Townsend going, hey, I need a guy, and I think you can figure it out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and a lot of it. So I, I was producing for Lee Diffie last year. Mm -hmm. So my job was to basically look up some facts for Diff, mm -hmm. and the two of us would go to the boat, look at it, and say, let's do this. What do you think about this? Mm -hmm. And part of the idea uh, was Townsend knew I was going to need to host the next one. Okay. So he wanted me to kind of learn something about right, it. Right, right. Now, it's got to be pretty easy. or not easy necessarily, but it's got to be way easier when it's somebody like uh, PT or, you know, Lee Diffie, since you already have a relationship exactly. with them. And even though it's a little bit out of your normal realm with boats, yeah. you and, guys are working together. And with Diff, it was easy, too, because I knew he could make it up as he went along, right. basically, and, and he'd be fine. So that was good. Yeah. So the thing I'm gathering is that even though you're a very well-established TV broadcasting guy between the television stuff and also the radio stuff, you probably have to have 50 jobs to make this deal work. Well, the goal is to have 50. Um, they're getting harder to come by. Okay. And and some of that's a good thing because I have a lot of conflicts now. So Which I can't really yeah. commit to much yeah. throughout the year. The winter is kind of when I have opportunities. But I, I haven't really pursued football in the last few years because the racing season goes on. Yeah. And if you're not available in late August, September. They're not bringing in midway. You're, you know, the, yeah. the, the extra people are usually – in the early part of the season. So I do a little bit of college basketball, and NBC doesn't have much. So I, they have the Atlantic 10. So I do a couple of games a year. I sometimes do some games for Westwood One Radio. Okay. Um, but on TV, you're exclusive to NBC? No. We don't have to of, get into this. No, yeah. I'm fine. I, I'm a freelancer. But anytime I do something on TV, I would tell them I'm, gotcha. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, just that's a, so that's a, a longevity a play for you. Yeah. 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 You know, there, there was a few years ago. And this was before we had the full IndyCar contract. So I was definitely freelance at the time, but it still was written in. I needed permission, and, and the, I thought that was the way to go. I did uh, ARCA races for Fox for a couple of years. And one of the reasons that ended is when IndyCar went to NBC fully uh, in 2019. That year I was going to have a lot of conflicts. And I'm not sure Fox, and I understand, I agree with them, they weren't super keen on having – more of an NBC guy in yeah, their booth, sure, and they had sure. other people that and could do it. different voices every weekend, it makes it weird. Yeah, yeah. Arco was supportive, and they said, as long as you can do Daytona, we want you for whatever you can do. No kidding. Okay. But I think Fox had some people in the Fox family they wanted to use, and I fully understood that, because if you can only do four or five of the ten events, that's not great. Right? It's interesting, because your reputation is that you're a tyrant, so I'm surprised <laughs> yeah, that Arco was on board with, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Ill-prepared. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the one thing they say about <laughs> Bell, Kevin. Attitude. Yeah. Just attitude. Yeah. High yeah. maintenance. Yeah. High maintenance. Yeah, it's already starting. One, one <laughs> the microphone on the left-hand side like the of Paul, the headset. Paul Tracy of, of uh, on-air talent. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, so, so you go to high school. Uh, what I'm hearing is stick and ball sports for your thing. Yep. What I'm not hearing is racing. No, it wasn't. Um, 
it wasn't really a big part of my life. Yeah. Uh, I listened to the Indy 500 every year. Grew up here. How could you not? Grew up here. Grew up probably... Well, it was a bike ride away. That was one my parents found out later on. It was a long bike ride that I wasn't really supposed to take that path. But it was probably... Found a con. uh, 10 to 15 minutes away uh, on the west side. I probably loved the broadcast more than anything. So my heroes, I would say my hero, my driving hero was Johnny Rutherford. He was winning when when I was a kid. But my heroes were really Paul Page and Bob Jenkins. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And those guys. Um, So I I love the 500, but I'm not going to pretend that I knew anything at all about racing. You know, I would probably watch the Daytona 500. Sure. Knew nothing about sports car racing other than the cars are really cool and I knew of it yeah, and I yeah. knew of Formula well, One. It's really easy to follow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it made it easier. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That's still, it's hard for me to explain now that I know a little bit about sports car racing to explain it to people that don't and I eventually give up. Hi. Welcome <laughs> to my life. I actually think knowing I, a little is even worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just, I, we were on the drive in here. I was telling him how I had a friend come to Petit Le Mans and I specifically got them there early to watch WeatherTech practice because I wasn't doing WeatherTech. Uh-huh. So I could point out like, okay, this is this and this is what I do sometimes. This is the, and like 10 minutes into it, I was like, this is, I, I can hear myself. And, <laughs> you know, and then and you're she's glazing over. Driver she's ratings. Like, uh, and it, no, yeah. it's actually bad yeah. to be a yeah. gold driver. Yeah, right. And that guy, be a silver driver. And that guy's, <laughs> why is he out there if he's not, he's not a pro? Well, he technically is a pro, but he's in the AM class, so they let amateurs out here? Yeah, and he's an amateur. No, he's a factory junior, but... (laughs) I I even felt bad during Petit Le Mans when I was doing a story about a silver driver and telling about how they've made a career in racing, and they're a pro driver, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, am I going to hurt his driver rating? And you might have. Um, How are you not a pro driver when you drive in three different classes, you're hired to do so, this is your career? I do know an announcer Uh that bought his ride. I won't won't name the name. Can you tell us off the air? Probably, yeah. You would know the name. It's a prominent announcer, and huh. I, I remember asking a few years ago. Shit, we got to guess. How's this guy still working? Well, he brings a lot of sponsors to the program. Oh, oh okay. It's Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a motorsports announcer. No. So anyway, I, I didn't grow up in in motorsport. Yeah. My dad was a huge Notice sports how he fan. Back to the yeah, like, she's tra- like, I was trying like, to remember the narrative. Where, yeah. we go, where are we going? Let's yeah. stay on topic. Somebody yeah. would be in my ear reminding me. Yeah. Um, didn't really follow motorsports that much was you know in the spring yeah i was playing baseball sure on the weekends and my dad was not a fan of crowds so we never went to the indy 500 wow okay because there was no way that he was going to sit in that kind of a line and i'm kind of that way too i get well the older i get the less interested i am i I have a secret path into the 500 that i can drive straight in oh nice not secret people know it yeah but it's there, there's an easy way where it takes me an extra two minutes, but I, I didn't follow it. Got into it with my internship uh, in college. I interned with the big radio station, WIBC, in Indy, and I started in May, and that was my assignment. You're going to the track. My first assignment was Stan Fox pulled the pill to be the first qualifier. Uh, so on, on Friday before qualifying, go find Stan Fox and get me some sound bites. And you're not a racing guy. I have no idea who yeah. Stan Fox so, is, so well, I, I you, know which team he's you with. You went to his Twitter account. You <laughs> looked at his Instagram. You know what he looked like. Yeah. So I, yeah. I go to the garage looking, you know, and I'm hoping <laughs> nice. I'll find someone with a driver's suit on yeah. in that team's garage. But the problem is it's after 6 o'clock, so they've changed. And there's, there's a guy standing outside the garage. Can I help you with something? And I'm trying to, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm, I'm cool. just looking around, looking. There's nobody with suit. And you, come, you looking for anybody? Um, Stan Fox? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> you know, and, and you may know a little bit about Stan, but really. he was the nicest guy yeah. in yeah. the world. Yeah. 
and that was my entree to motorsport. And that was a good way to start because Stan was a wonderful person. Yeah, if they had said, go find A.J. Foyt. Well, one, I would at least know who he was. Fair, that's the uh, And and he would have told me to go away, yeah, and that'd have been you. fine. Right. Yeah. 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 Within a couple of years, I was working full time at the radio station. So you know, the Indy 500 is huge in Indy. Yeah. So that was part of the beat. Yeah. Yes, I I worked on Pacers broadcast mm-hmm. and Colts broadcast and uh, filled in at that time on a talk show. Uh, Ironically, it was Robin Miller's fill-in co-host. I just wrote Robin Miller's name down. Starting at the time. So, you know, I've known Robin forever. um, And would cover the Indy 500 in in May. And kind of learned a little more as we went through it. In 96, so I'd been at the radio station for about a year as like a cub reporter. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was doing the post-game show for the Pacers and the Colts and, and doing whatever they needed. I get a voicemail from Bob Jenkins, who I had never met. But you this know is, damn well who he is. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is maybe in like February or March of 96. And, like and the says, voice of Bob Jenkins oh, yeah. in your voice yes. now has got to be the craziest yes. thing. Yeah, Saying, hello, your name has been recommended to me. Basically, I have no idea who you are. Yeah, that uh, sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are interviewing for pit reporters for this year. Would you like to be considered? For 96. For 96, yeah. for, for radio. Yeah. And, you know, called him back, said, love to, came out and talked. And in the conversation, it's, how much do you know about motorsports? Not very much, but I'll learn. I'll figure it out. And that was the wrong answer. Yeah, so this that. is what yeah, I yeah. tell tell kids these days, and it goes back. I've heard the story. Here it comes. There it is. Pro- yeah. Probably later then. Yeah. Uh, Bob Costas' first job in the mid-'70s, he was baseball, basketball, football guy. Uh, he had an opportunity to do hockey. Maybe it was like minor league hockey and gets a call. What do you know about hockey? Oh, I Everything. love hockey. Grew yep. up with the game. Yep. Yep. Gets the job. And he's, okay, I've got two weeks to learn yeah. what icing is. <laughs> Everything about, <laughs> about hockey. Yeah. And that's what I should have said about motorsport. Yeah. But I was just honest and said, no. And, and I was being truthful. Yeah. I would have figured it out. Yeah. Now, it turns out I think they made the right choice. The guy they hired instead of me was Mark Jaynes, who's okay. still there yeah. and is now the voice of yeah. the Indy 500. Yeah. And then eventually, a few years later... Uh, you figured out how to lie? No, I, I started paying more oh, and more okay. attention. okay, you learned about racing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that I was an expert at all, but I felt like the best way to get in was as a turn announcer. Mm-hmm. That's just play-by-play. Play. Yeah, right. It's, see, say what you see. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing a full-time talk show, and I was doing Pacers and Colts games, or maybe just Pacers games at that point. And in 2001, when Isaiah Thomas was the coach, I could tell by April, it's not going well. They're not making the playoffs, or if they do, because the previous years, I didn't even inquire uh, because the Pacers were going to the Eastern Conference Finals every year. And I was super busy in May. So where where are you going with this, just for maybe people who aren't basketball aficionados? If you don't make the playoffs in basketball, your season's over in April. About April 20th. Yeah, so your month of May is wide open. And if you go, say, one round, you're done by May 5th in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, But there were a couple of years where the 500 and a Pacer game came on the same day in the late 90s and and so forth. So I called and said, hey, I'm going to be available this year if you need someone. And it was actually, we do. You're hired. That's kind of how that went. Yeah. And I started doing turn two, and the first time I'm on the air – is when the pole sitter Scott Sharp crashes. Yeah. The original yeah. idea was they were going to skip me, just do turn one mm-hmm. and three. Yeah. To to let everybody settle in, sure, and sure. have some more time, but they crash in front of me, 
at the start of the race. So that was my first call for the 500, and I luckily I deed the car correctly, and yeah. we went on from there. So yeah. you single-handedly ruined Scott Sharp's career. You were the career. reason Scott Sharp sells yeah, burner pills. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I liked that episode. That, 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 was, that was impressive. I was like, hey, I wonder if he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> motorsport is so fascinating because everyone has a story that no one knows. Yeah. Even the pro drivers that have been hired and so forth, it's mm-hmm. still, it's a short career. Yeah. You've got to figure out how to do some other things. Yeah. And yeah. You might end up selling boner pills. <laughs> race car drivers are business people yeah. at heart, yeah. and they know how to sell themselves, so they then know how to sell other things. Yeah. At least they think they are. Some are better than others. I, I think having a PR rep is very much worth the money, yeah. certainly when you get to a certain level. Sure, because sure. that's exactly it. There are a lot of these pro drivers, and, and they may be European, so sure, they're, they're, sure. not, they're not necessarily interested in the publicity, but it can certainly advance your career. Absolutely. So just go up to the broadcasters. Give yeah. them something to give That is, if on the this PR guy. rep understands yeah. how to set you up with a story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there are some that are better than others, but that's what I always yeah. try to engage the PR reps with is even if it's a negative It'll get your car on TV, yeah, yeah. and, and, and your sponsor yeah. will yeah. then, because if right. I've got nothing to say on you, uh, I'm not pitching the producer, because yes. this is how it works. I pitch a story, <clears throat> then they say, okay, let's find the car, let's show the car, right. you tell your story, and even yes. if it's bad... But that would mean the story isn't them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can say done. it. I can say done. it. The smart racing driver should find every broadcaster and give them their phone number. Yeah. Start yeah. a dialogue. Yeah. And especially in today's day and age when the booth people are often not at the track. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you exactly get this, right. Calvin and, and Div. They're yeah. at a few of the races, sure. but Calvin will yeah. text the drivers yep. that he knows yep. and has phone numbers with, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Give us a nugget where we can say something about you. Yeah, and if you're doing that, like you said, if the car comes up and you have something to talk about, you know, you're going to. But if it's just a car that you have no relationship to or a driver you don't really know anything about, you move on. You just move on. Yeah, exactly. And even when it's bad, I think that's good because – we can give your excuse. Exactly. So, yeah. yes, we're yeah. down on power, or we had this mechanical in practice. Yeah. We've had, tell us why it's not going well right. so we can tell your fans. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't suck. Yeah. It's just been a rough weekend. So, the advice I've heard so far to the young kids is just lie. <laughs> yeah. That's lie number to get one. The job. Yeah. Right. Okay. Lie, lie, lie. Don't say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's diversify. Right. Be able to do anything. You right. know, a lot of kids want it. They're huge racing fans, and they right. I want to do what you do. Right. And then I say, okay, go do high school basketball games. Right. It, it's not about. Yes, it's good to go do PA at a short track, and now there are all kinds of opportunities to actually get some like somewhat. And stuff like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. St- streaming on iRacing. Yeah. You know, you can do play-by-play of an IndyCar race oh, now, know. which yeah. which you couldn't do yeah, yeah. when I was coming up. You just had to do play-by-play of a, a USAC race or or whatever, but. Do everything. You need to be able to do news. Be a disc jockey. I did that in high school and you know, my first job out of college. Um, learn how to broadcast. If you can broadcast and if you can do an interview and ask questions, then you can do anything. And it's more important to know how to do the interview than actually know the intricacies of the sport. My job when I interview Ryan is not to explain what wrong, went wrong with the car. I just simply have to say what happened. He's the expert. He'll explain what happened with the car. And then we have former drivers in the booth that can get down and break it down. And in some ways, not knowing too much, and I'm not technical, so even though I've been around motorsport for a long time now, I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of things. Um, but, but I think our bosses like us to keep it as simple as possible. 
You know, it's a suspension part. We don't need to explain exactly what it is. Right. The front left is broken. Good enough. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. On to the net. Yeah. But yeah. going back to the career stuff, I mean, you have, I would argue right now, a very coveted kind of place in the sport. And if I was going to talk to 21-year-old 20, Kevin Lee, I'm sure he was focused on baseball or uh, basketball and football. Yes. And so the idea, so you've had an open enough mind that you've now got this great place. But at 21, if you'd had the blinders on and said, I'm only going to do football-related things, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah. I would have, you know, taken a minor league baseball job. That's kind of what the plan was. But yeah. I, I got Who a job. Who knows that path would be. Yeah. And, and it's no money at all. And right. even quickly, I wasn't making money, but I was making a couple of thousand more than that and had right. a solid job. And I was you know, working with an NBA team and an NFL team, and that was that was what I wanted to do. Right. Okay. I wanted to be the voice of the Pacers, yep. and the guy I started under is still the voice of the Pacers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I would have, so, yeah. and, and I sat in that job for 19 years right. thinking he's going to move, and for the first 10 years, right. and, and he would even have said at the time, I'm going to move on. I'm going to go to bigger, better things, but the Pacers are a great organization, and he fell in love with it, and he ain't leaving. You'd have been the Prince Charles of just waiting for somebody to go away. Yeah. Okay. Topical. And, and the Colts yeah, job yeah. opened up uh, about two years after I left. <laughs> nice, um, nice. But okay. still, I wouldn't. I didn't apply for the job at the time because I had a better job. I would love good. to do that, but yeah. I, I'm I'm not interested at this point in being a radio team play-by-play right. guy. Right. All right. Way too much racing. Way too much insight. You said something that I want to know more about. You said you were a disc jockey out of college. Please I mean, tell me it's the fantasy. Is that like Howard Stern or early AM radio career? No. Like posters no. on the wall. No. Yeah. So, cool sunglasses. so at the high school station, everybody oh, did everything. Okay. I was a disc jockey okay. there. Yeah. And then in college, I my first, I guess my first job was a board op where you just kind of insert yeah, yeah. commercials sure. and it's a satellite show. Yeah. And then I got a job at the local big country station doing overnights. <laughs> yes. That was miserable. Yeah. As a college yeah. student, yeah. you know, trying to have a social life, working right. Friday and Saturday night, midnight to yeah. six. So I'd hang out at the party until 10.30, have to drive the 45 minutes yep. from Muncie to Newcastle. Yes. And then roll back home, and sometimes people are still, still up. Going. Yeah, right. Still yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm they didn't okay. even know you left. And yeah. I became right. the driver to get people home at nice. 6 a.m. Right. Nice. Wait, so the, the, the graveyard shift at the country station, is that just running records, or what is it? Is there even like a middle part, like, yeah, Kevin here? Yeah, 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 okay. I talked. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, I was, I was and, and, and my, my drunk friends would call up and make requests, nice. so we'd yes. play, yeah. you know, the all of the non-country country songs yeah. so eastbound and down yes. okay yeah. the theme from Dukes of hazard yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. you know all that kind of stuff we would yeah. always and people would always hear that around yeah. 2 a.m yeah. or so so yeah. did that worked at that station did you have a name where you're like the wolfman no, oh, no i just just used you were just kevin used lee my name and then i got Metal promoted yeah. i actually i went in i did that for maybe three four six months yeah right and went in to quit and just said i cannot do this yeah yeah, yeah. uh overnight right. it's killing me and they said, okay, you're promoted. So I was on nice. to the nice. Saturday night, 6 to midnight shift. Okay. Yeah. And I think I did Sundays, noon to 6, right. or so, some, something Still like that. Country and then, radio. Yeah. And, then yeah. And, and I didn't know country radio. Uh, I, I did by that time. I didn't know it when I got to college. But the kid in the dorm room next to me um, – I don't know if I say this or not, but he but he had access to free free whiskey, um, because his 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 mom's bar had burnt down, and 
and they basically collected all the insurance, but the basement still had a lot of liquor. So he'd come home with two bottles of liquor every week, and he liked country music. So if you wanted to, to drink the free bourbon, you listen you're to listening country. to country music. Right. And, okay, this is right. fine. I right. like this. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. So you, you fail the lie to Bob Jenkins, uh, but you still get the job. <laughs> is this still just sort of a thing, something you're going to do until you're your basketball football career takes off? So I think at that point, you're just looking for opportunities. Okay. It's yeah. just, one, it's really cool. You yeah. know, to be yeah. a part of yeah. the Indy 500 yeah, broadcast, right. so even though I'm not a huge motorsport kid, I knew what the Indy 500 meant, well, you and live especially here. Yeah. the radio broadcast. And right. when I was a kid, that was nationally. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. There was no live yeah. TV until, I think, 1986. Yeah. was maybe the first year it was live on television anywhere in the country. And the blackout, the blackout to here. this day still exists. Yeah, so exactly. in Indianapolis, you know, 80% of the radios are listening to the Indy 500. And back in the day, it wasn't just one exclusive station. They all aired it when I was a kid. So no matter what station you tu- turn to, all of the big stations aired the Indy 500 in the 70s and 80s. So that was, that was a dream come true. And then it's still just whatever the best opportunity is because, okay, is the Pacer job ever going to open? Is there going to be something with the Colts? Can I get into TV doing college basketball? There wasn't, as, there wasn't internet streaming at the time. There just weren't a lot of opportunities. And I used a bit of an example, Vince Welch. So Vince and I, Vince was my boss at the radio station. He was the sports director, did the updates in the morning. I did the nighttime talk show. And Vince has almost an identical background to me. He's slightly older, went to the same school. He went to Ball State. And I don't know that Vince was a huge motorsport fan, maybe a little bit more than I was. But he's working in Indianapolis, starts covering the 500, starts doing the radio network, and then all of a sudden is on ESPN. And it's, hey, here is a path. Here is a path to get to network television. So this is my next tip for kids. Find a niche. Yeah. Every, Find Vince Welch. <laughs> everybody yeah. wants to be a football or a basketball or maybe a baseball announcer. Find something that not everyone is trying to do, whether it's volleyball or wrestling or MMA or Olympic sports. Learn that. Soccer. And, and then there's not as many people competing for those jobs, and that's kind of what I've discovered about motorsports. Not everybody could do that. And I already had the basic reporting skills and background that I could figure it out as I went along. But I I saw what Vince was doing and say, hey, that'd be a good path. And plus, so he was freelancing at ESPN and still working full-time at the radio station. It's just weekends. You can do other things, and you're not locked into anything. So eventually that uh, led to a few TV opportunities. Uh, Actually, with Vince, first TV I did was his sideline reporter for Ball State basketball games, uh, just a a small local broadcast. Uh How old were you? Oh, I was late 20s, Okay, okay. something like that. This seems like it's very much on the track of what you want to be doing. Yeah. Um, and you've been online. You've been on the air for a while with radio stuff. Just, so you have some, just you radio have some confidence. Yeah. You understand how to like speak clearly and everything. Uh, and then I, I guess I got my first motorsport TV when the Indy 500 parade, it rained out carb day in 2008. And the guy who was the field reporter doing the driver interviews, if you've ever seen this parade, was Mike King, who was the radio announcer and also was the Indy Lights TV pit reporter. And they rescheduled things for the next day uh, for Saturday, the Indy Lights race, and Mike needed to do that. So last minute they hired me to be the field reporter for that. So I'm on ESPN doing that. So I had a little bit of a tape. 
Then Versus came in the next year, 2009. Industry jargon. A tape means now you've got like a demo the sample. At least got something showing a me demo on sample television. to show you did. Yeah, interviewing Danica Patrick yeah, 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 and yeah. other people. It's yeah. like a digital resume. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah, for you guys. Um, so now. then in 2009, when Versus came on board, there were a few changes. And I got the job as the Indy Lights pit reporter yeah. for the year. And Terry Lingner is the guy who kind of helped push that through. That common name. common theme. Terry has been the key to dozens of people yeah. on camera and off camera. I just typed his name career. out again. Is like I mentioned this in a second. Yeah, yeah. Terry Lingner <laughs> and Michael Cranifis are the two names yeah. that show up on every episode yeah. for yeah. us. But they gave me a chance on TV. Uh, later that year, Jack Root was working for Versus and ESPN, and ESPN wouldn't let him out of his deal to do a nationwide Xfinity race. So the plan was they were just going to go short a pit reporter for the IndyCar race, but Terry talked them in to using me for a couple of races as a demo. And even Jack at the time said, I'm going to be Wally Pip because you're going to be good at this and you're going to take my job, kind of half joking. And I didn't take Jack's job. Somebody else, I'd say Robin kind of got the job that Jack had in 2011, but I did those two races. And then in 2011 when... Uh, NBC more formally took over is when I got on full-time for the Verses, which became NBCSN. Yeah, so technically that makes you the longest-standing NBC sports guy, right? I'm the only guy that started that was there in 2009 yeah. on, on Versus. Um, yeah, I think I'm it. And I only did a couple of races that mm-hmm. year. And from 11, Marty Snyder came in at 11. So mm-hmm. Marty and I are the ones left from 2011. Yeah. Diff came on in 2013. Mm-hmm. And Townsend came on as a pit reporter in 2012 yeah. and did everything he could to be bad at pit reporting uh-huh. so he could get to the booth Weird. next year. Weird. None and of that, none of that he's tracks. brilliant. He's brilliant. <laughs> Just ask him. Um, yeah. He, yeah he, <laughs> do you remember the first interaction with Robin Miller? Robin was super to everyone. He was always super to kids. And the same thing when I started at the radio station. And I'm thinking, all right, this guy's you know a legend in our industry. And he's got this punk kid as his co-host leading the show uh, on on the big sports talk show in Indianapolis. And he could not have been kinder. And we did motorsports on the show. And he was very helpful, understanding I didn't know a whole lot. And one of the memories I do have was, so I guess I would have been there for a little while. This would have probably been early 1996. I happened to be filling in the day that the the 25-8 rule for Indy 500 fans might remember that during the split, the first year of the split, uh, it was announced by the Indy Racing League that the first 25 spots for the Indy 500 would be reserved for Indy Racing League regulars. At the time, the kart teams were still planning on coming to the Indy 500, but then they learned U22 cars are fighting for eight spots. So that was the beginning of they're not coming this year. And, you know, obviously we knew where Robin stood on that, and, and he's going through his, his opinions on that, and I'm just mostly hosting, staying out of it. But we're taking phone calls. And I remember picking up Tony on the west side, who had waited on hold like everybody else for 45 minutes, and it's Tony George, who calls in to 239-1070 and waits and just says, and just gives his opinion, and of course, Robin recognizes his voice immediately. So that's the recollection I have for, from that. Yeah, wow, we got to get that yeah, footage. That's yeah. the first person. <laughs> yeah, I wish we still had tapes of those shows. Yeah. I yeah. doubt they exist. Right, man. 
<laughs> so you're uh, you're going down this path. Is there a point, and, and I don't know that you necessarily think this way, where you start realizing, oh, this is my career? 2011. 2011, when, okay. When, so when I get hired by NBC, yeah. um, quote, full-time, but I had a package. I had a guaranteed number of events, yeah. and just those were going, that was a better job than anything else I was doing, and I still could do things on the side, so I was still doing uh, sidelines, hosting shows for Colts Radio, and I did play-by-play for some of their preseason games on TV. Uh, I was doing hosting and sidelines and fill-in for the Indiana Pacers. I was doing play-by-play for the WNBA team in the summertime, and they were great about letting me miss games. Um, so to do whatever else paid more. Basically, if, it, if yeah. it was a better opportunity, if it was a college game. This was doing the WNBA stuff. Pacers as well. Pacers, okay. I got to the wow. point with the Pacers where I was down to like 30 games a year. Out and of they were okay with it. And they were okay with it. No uh, because I think they liked having me as someone. It was leverage. If yeah. the play-by-play guy asked for too much money. Now, he, he was he's critical to the franchise, and I think they would have always paid him what he wanted. Sure. Um, because but he's, he's, you always he's the best. The, we could replace you with but this But it's nice to have some insurance. Yeah, yeah. They just had someone in there. And, right. and, and he missed three games his entire career, uh, but it was pretty good to have me there for yeah. those three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those had gone well, yeah. and they knew what I could do, and it was just good to have. So they, they let me kind of call my shots on that. And eventually I just said, how about if I find us someone? So that, that, was, uh, that, that was about the time that I thought, no, there's something here. And I had applied for and done an interview. Notice how he's adjusting my equipment, by the way. Did he? No, I moved. No, I moved. He did. I was trying to, to put him back. Yeah. He's like, actually, let me fix this. I was trying you. to put yeah. it back to where it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fine. Most of your career has been covering IndyCar. IndyCar has been through a rocky patch with splitting in half, coming back together. Mm-hmm. How, as a broadcaster, do you listen to Robin Miller constantly, who is very opinionated, but then you just stay kind of down the middle? You know, is that personal choice or is it not having that vested of an interest because it's new to you by the time i was working for indycar things were headed in back together so i started doing the 500 only in 2001 uh did that for three years in a turn and then in 04 i said i'd like to do more races and so that's how you end up moving to the pits so midway through 04, I started doing all the races. So there was still the split at the time, but you're on a network broadcast. Uh, so you're not getting into cart IRL on that. You're just describing the events. And my radio talk show was really Colts, Pacers, IU basketball. We, we would talk about it. And I mean, I think my opinion at the time was um, I side with the IRL because I like the Indy 500. So whoever has the Indy 500 is what side I'm on. And if you're a cart, you need to figure out, and they did by 2000 when they started coming back and winning the thing, but you need to use the Indy 500 to, to, to leverage out. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it was never an issue being cart IRL. Well, let me go a different direction because you got that call from Bob Jenkins. From who? Billy Boy Jenks? That's my guy. Okay, so yeah, in 1996, yeah. <laughs> you get a call from Billy Boy Jenks who needs additional guys. Well, that's the same day as the U.S. 500. Is that why he needs additional guys? Because the normal guys are now doing the cart stuff in Michigan? Probably. So you benefited from the split. Potentially. Ooh. Well, I could have yeah. if I would have yeah. lied. If I would have lied, right. I could have benefited. But they're usually every few years, they're, they're they're open. Open. Yeah. the first race I was the new guy. Mm-hmm. 
And by the second race, I was the, quote, senior pit reporter and doing victory <laughs> lane no matter who, who, who won. So uh -huh. you can elevate yourself pretty quickly in yeah. some circumstances. Yeah. You keep up with other types of racing, so, like, just because now you're so ingrained with this? like I watch. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say I'm an F1 expert, sure. but I watch every race. Yeah. The internet is. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I watch NASCAR. I tend to watch the Xfinity races more all the way through yeah. than the cup races. It's hard yeah. to get through a cup race these days. So I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, and I'll mm -hmm. fast forward through things. And, um, I watch everything delayed. No matter what it is, I sit down yeah. 30 minutes behind so I can just skip commercials and catch up. Well, mm -hmm. with NBC, I could see a scenario where you end up doing the Xfinity race here and there. I've, I've done a few. Yeah. And so. I would do more. So I was doing the um, standalone races. Right. They've okay. got one again next year at Road America. So I don't, but they also are using fewer people than they used to. Yeah. Um, and I started probably watching sports car 15 years ago, but still, watching it is one thing. Trying to understand it and know we who everybody know. is yeah. is a very different no, thing. No, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the lower levels are even more confusing. Because, you know, honestly, the, the real realistic goal for my son is to become a sports car racer. You know, he, he thinks he's going to be... IndyCar, Indy 500, and I'm, Dad's a little more realistic about the odds of that happening, and he's gone way farther than I ever thought he would. So, all right, he's to this point. The idea is to go as long as you can, get a resume to where maybe you can drive for free and eventually get paid, but then understanding that path of what are the entry-level paths that still don't require a lot of cash. Yeah. Um, well, and a, very, so. a very common path is that we've seen with several friends is they go up a certain level of the open wheel junior ladder. It doesn't work. And then they... Reality kicks in. Yeah, yeah. And reality kicks in. And then or sometimes they often end up coaching. And that coaching leads to sports car mm -hmm. opportunities, mm -hmm. you know. And oh. so not an uncommon path. Um, and he's, he started that. He's coached at the Lucas Oil School. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, and so he's, got a, he's got a cart kid that he coaches full time oh, and travels right. the country That's with him. He's just fine. Yeah. From a dad yeah. that dad that yeah. is doing well. Yeah. And if he wants to, this dad could fund his kid mm -hmm. through through junior formula racing. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's talk about Jackson then. So, um, so your son Jackson is a racer himself. Dad is connected. I'm gonna guess dad doesn't have the bankroll needed to necessarily go very far. So, what is what was the rule when he decided he wanted to get into it? So I swore uh, when I got married to my wife that our kids would not race. Oh, because her rule or yours? I, huh? Her rule or yours? It'd be mine. Okay. Because you uh, know. She, she came from a racing background, and her okay. brothers would, hey, we're going to get them in a sprint car. Yeah. They, they, okay. they came from short track, um, midgets and sprint cars. And I had started working in motorsport at the time, so I already knew of the realities of it and how hard it was, plus the danger aspect of it. And no, we're not doing that. Uh, then as he gets older his cousin you know he had watched him drive quarter midgets up through sprint cars he's 10 years older and made the mistake of taking him to a quarter midget race and uh, okay, okay we'll try this right yeah. we'll try this and i was advised immediately by vince welch yeah. whose son <laughs> Who dylan knows? was doing had done quarter midgets and yeah. he said run away run away yeah yeah we'll, we'll just make it a hobby and he'll keep doing other things and he actually did you know he played uh, he would sometimes have a baseball game, a basketball workout, and a race in the same day. He was playing travel basketball. He was playing – he didn't do travel baseball except for one year because of the schedules. He was just playing rec baseball. But he played baseball up through high school until he had to make a decision. They wanted him to gain weight. 
and he needed to lose weight because yeah. he's tall. He's, yeah. He was 6'2 oh, wow. in the ninth grade or whatever, yeah. so he was already too heavy. Um, so we started in the quarter midgets. Yeah. Didn't do particularly well because it's me and my wife starting <laughs> off as the crew guy, and then we eventually got some people very soon helping us. The last year, we hired a mechanic who came from the karting world and just figured it out. And he started winning and, and had a really good year and then moved to go-karts. He, you know, he's 11, 10 year, 11 years old. I want to be in the Indy 500. I want to be an Indy car driver. Well, you, you better learn how to do road course racing. So we went to Newcastle and, and just did club racing there on a very meager budget. I couldn't even afford kart racing at a club level with no travel. So he had a new kart when we started and never had a new kart again <laughs> the next six yeah. years. Yeah. It was, you know, maybe we would buy one every couple of years yeah. that was uh, half a year old, yeah. refresh the engine one time a year. So he did not have fantastic results. Plus, he's taller than everybody, so it's a lot of drag. Won a few races, but at Newcastle, even the club races are tough because people will show up it's getting set for national races. So we, we do the uh, Lucas Oil uh, Formula Car School. Uh, to see how that goes, and it goes okay. And actually, the first chance we had is Townsend Bell gave us a Skip Barber uh, certificate. Oh, wow. no, he's still connected. And how did he get well, it? this this was like six or seven years ago. Right. And he said these are expiring at the end of the year because okay. Jackson was only 13, and I said it's he's not ready yet. Yeah, yeah. He said, well, he's ready now because they expire at the end of the year. So he sent his son to a school, and he sent my son to a school, and did that, and it went pretty well. And then did a few of just the, the school days with the Lucas Oil School for the next couple of years. And then they had this, sh this shootout uh, where you paid like five grand or whatever and you could come. And, and five grand was a lot to yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we said, all right, we'll let him do this. And this can either you're going to win something and show that you have a potential future yeah. or, or move it on and yeah. you try to make the high school baseball team yep. Yep. as a sophomore next year. And he does well. And the speeds are, the times are all even at Sebring, and it's eeny, meeny, money mo. I think there was one kid that was clearly the winner. Second through sixth, I would say, would be about the same. So he finishes fourth and wins, whatever, two weekends in a scholarship. So we're in the next year, make it to the whole season. He wins a couple of races. He wins his first race. Yeah. Does well. Uh, goes to F1600 the next year. Mm -hmm. Wins races is second in the championship, and then wins the Team USA scholarship. Yeah. And goes to the U.K., uh, finishes on the podium in one of the heat races, is going well. And, and so, you know, we're in at that point. Yeah. And all along the way, it's there is no way I can pay yeah. for the it next is. level. Yeah. 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 And while some of the other dads own companies and can leverage that with B2B, sure. I don't have that. Yeah. So that's my disadvantage, and I don't have the family wealth yeah. to be able to do it. But – I do have a platform. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I have a radio show. Mm -hmm. They see me on TV. Right. People have heard me talking about my kid. I have not a lot of Twitter followers, but right. I have more than most dads sure. do. Yeah. Yeah. So we can actually do a little publicity. And within the paddock, you're connected. 
Yeah, but you know, and everybody thought, well, you can just use your your paddock connections to find sponsorship. Yeah. And Boom, so it doesn't, nah, doesn't work, work that, that way, way. Yeah. because they're already in motorsports. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're already <laughs> spending every yeah. dime they have yeah, right. on they motorsport. Yeah. You got to find people that don't have access. Hey, Verizon, yeah. I get it, but yeah. have you thought about yeah, that? You really need yeah. a USF yeah. 2000 program. Right. This willpower is not getting you any yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we can get a little more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then that's essentially become our platform is I'm trying to offer an IndyCar level experience, hospitality, yeah, yeah, yeah. at a junior formula price. Yeah. Right. And someone that, you know, they find out what it would cost to have a little sticker on an IndyCar, and that's a few hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. And, yeah. you know, we can do things for 10, 25. Yep. Yep. You're still hoping to have the 50s and the 100s and then just piece things together. And that's where my job helps is that I essentially, and I learned this from doing track tours back in the day for other sponsors. So I'm basically doing that with our program. Right. And that's walking me, that's around. That's where the connection part shows and up. And the drivers all yeah. understand what we're doing. So when I stop someone and say, hey, Scott, come over here and take a picture with Jackson's sponsors. Say no, Jackson. They're oh, happy yeah. to help. Thank you. That's Scott Rossi, right? <laughs> <laughs> who, are, who are your biggest sponsors? Uh, the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center okay. is the primary sponsor. The original connection was my, my father passed away from lung cancer. That was maybe the connection, but the original contact was one of the uh, cancer doctors I had met at an event 10 years ago, and one of the auction items was go-karting with me, Jackson, yeah. and a couple of IndyCar drivers, and he bid and won that. Yeah. And a couple of summers ago, he contacted me and said, hey, we've got a new director who wants to use motorsport as a platform and asked me how much it would cost to get on an IndyCar. Yeah. And I told him, and he said, well, we can't do that. And he said, well, I have another idea. <laughs> yeah. Because to most people, a USF 2000 car looks like an IndyCar. Hell yeah. They don't yeah. know the difference. Sure. It's cool. They yeah. race before IndyCar races. Mm -hmm. And again, we've got access to the paddock. So that's kind of how that started. Yeah. So they want to further establish ties within the community. They want to meet people. Yeah. I help them with fundraising. I do events for them. Yeah. So, you know, the money can kind of come back to them. On, on that path. Right. So at right. this stage in his career, if you're going to break it down in a percentage, how much of this is coming from mom and dad? Financially? Yeah. We were in, re responsible for crash damage, and that's okay. where it got out of hand last year. Because <laughs> we were hoping it was going to be about 15 to 20 grand, yeah. and there was one big one, uh -huh. and that's when the season ended. Uh -huh. So uh, the idea is well, he learned. it, it needs to hurt. be yeah. basically zero. Yeah. I mean, we can... You know, travel is fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's where there's an advantage that I already have a hotel room. There you go. And yeah. I have enough points to fly him at the yes. where we need to yeah, go. Exactly right. Yeah. But Share no, this is, this is not 50-50. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got to be 85% at least partner-driven. And a lot of it's just luck. You know, meeting the, the lung cancer doctor uh, 10 years ago, and that was obviously a good experience. Another one, another company is a... a construction company, specialty contractor called Browning Chapman here in the Indy area in Westfield. Uh, my father-in-law knew them and recommended we reach out to them and ask. And it turns out that they had reached out to me 15 years ago when I was doing Pacer broadcasts and said, hey, Butch, uh, your son-in-law works for the Pacers. My son has an interest in broadcasting. He wants to come and shadow Kevin for a game. And I had forgotten all about this, but by doing something nice, that paid off in the end because I had allowed his son, when he was 
13 years old or whatever to hang out with me at a Pacer game and explain what was going on. And luckily he was smart and he has a real job now, not in broadcasting. But, you know, that's what, what they like. They like I help them find tickets. I help them. They love being on the grid. Uh, I'm offering to do B2B deals for them and try to find them more business. Luckily, their business is going well. So, you know, there is some of it, too, that people have to enjoy the sport and just kind of want to be along for the ride. Right. Have you have you pitched NBC on putting, like, logos on your on your polo? I have not. I've thought about, like, stickers on my forehead. Right, yeah, just get the tattoo. S- something like that. Like, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. There have been others in our group that have tried to wear shirts with logos. Imagine and that. And I believe that's been nixed. Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Let me take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the one that knows better. <laughs> um, you're, you're only, you've only got so much of a path. You can only find so much access. Does Jackson understand the realities of where he needs to go career-wise, what he needs to be doing? Yes. Okay. Uh, he, he's still focused on he wants to be an Indy car driver. Of course. Wants to be in the Indy 500. Wants to do sports car racing. Right. Wants to do whatever he can. If someone right. offered him a stock car drive right, right now that was paid for, right. he would do it. I, I think he's also smart enough to understand the realities of it and – I understand, and he understands it because I've told him right. that it's still a long shot, even if you're winning all the time, yeah. to make it. So you but, need to have some other plans, and he'd love to get into sports car racing right. at some point. He's a, a college student at IUPUI in the motorsports program. He has some interest in engineering. He's in the engineering program, and part of my idea of this investment when I was paying a higher percentage of it was is this is still his education. If you've driven a race car – at whatever level you can get to, you're going to be a better engineer. You know, maybe you can be Chris Simmons. Um, yeah, exactly. you know, Chris raced at a pretty Chris high level. Chris is listening to this going, there is no Chris Simmons. Yeah. He, he, like, you know, no, he, he no, reached Indy Light, so that's a step higher. Jackson might race one step below that next year in Indy Pro 2000. We're, we're considering that and working on that. But, but even like the path of coaching that maybe you find the right person that does have yeah. means that you're coaching who then takes you into sports car, that's, that kind of thing. That's another. And, and even beyond that, he likes coaching. You know, I've kind of explained to him, and maybe I'll have Ryan talk to him at some point as well. You know, just understand that is a life. Yes. Not everyone is cut out for that life of no weekends off. Yeah, no oh, weekends whoa. off, and you know, sometimes you're coaching people that are all right. You're only nine seconds off yeah, the pace now. Right. You know, yeah. great job, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or sitting in the passenger seat. I've heard yeah. that's something you don't ever want to have to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, you don't get a choice at the start. But he, yeah. as of now, he says, "I like that." Yeah, you know, I. I I 19. think I could do that lifestyle. Yeah, 19. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it changes over time. But yeah. I would say him coaching a, a younger go-kart kid is a huge thing because I, I learned a lot of social skills within the industry from coaching, from learning how to speak to people and mm-hmm. really explain what I'm trying to get across to them that then I can turn and have a conversation with a CEO about sponsorship because yeah. I'm used to telling somebody that has more means than myself how they need to do something a little bit better. So I understand a little bit of the, you know, just the communication flow and how that can work. And I think like working at a racing school, which I think you said he was doing, like he, he's the, done the, uh, the, a couple of days coaching yeah, at Lucas Oil School. That, that stuff helped me so much yeah. with then having confidence to walk up to a team owner in the paddock yes. because I just sat with a gazillionaire shoe company owner for a week telling him to stop breaking something. <laughs> you know, and, and he's a help. quiet, shy kid, yeah. but he he can do it. Yeah. You know, He yeah. understands, and the people that have worked with him love him. Yeah. So that's, you know, the, the people that we have as partners aren't just doing it because they know me, they've yeah. met him, and yeah. they like him, yeah. and they want to help him. And that's been part of my motivation of yeah. basically my second full-time job yeah. is doing this, is he's learning skills that even if he stops motorsports, if, if you can sell yourself in this, if yeah. you can talk to people, mm-hmm. you are employable. Yes, absolutely. He will work. Yes, for sure. So having <clears throat> become 
a go-kart dad and, and, a, and a little league dad, essentially, you know, because you're coaching your kid through junior formula ranks. Has that helped you at all with your side of being a broadcaster where you've dealt with maybe a wealthier individual who comes into the sport that maybe didn't earn their way in there, but yeah. understanding. Or somebody's dad. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, is that, has that helped you at all? Where you're like, I get where this guy's coming from because I've seen it at the go-kart track. I, I have certainly a more understanding yeah <laughs> and people will say that they can hear me especially in the indy lights races i call yeah when there's a crash cringe and they said we, we can tell you're calculating the crash damage yeah. <laughs> for that family as someone right. crashes and and that is part of yeah my mindset uh, i can't not think about that but also as a guy who goes out we, we harp on this all the time we just did this last night um as a guy who tries to solicit funding you know that it always comes down to the people that are writing the check are excited to do it yes so as a reporter i'm guessing you also understand that like if you mention hyvee if you mention menards there might like forget the value of you saying the name in terms of evaluation on that the person watching that's in charge it's going to be excited that you're mentioning it and, and it I think doesn't a huge matter factor. the broadcast outlet it can be nbc it can be peacock uh, and I've had several car owners in the last few years come up and thank me for mentioning a product. You know, we, we cover it. We, we have a lot of time on air. So in these practice shows, we like to do things differently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, will, I, I highlighted one of the Todd Alt companies, the singing machine. It's like a karaoke machine because I thought it was fun. And we brought in a story of Marcus Erickson doing uh, yeah. karaoke at an event I was hosting uh, did you sing? This, this summer. I did not sing. Damn it, Kelly. Oh, no. no. I thought we had and, something. But Todd Alt came up to me the next day and said, you don't know what that did for us. Oh, like, that's this awesome. This is a new company that yeah. I purchased. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You try to help, and it doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. We'll use a specific example. We have a friend that that uh, during one of your Peacock practice broadcasts at Iowa, it was it was like a Hy-Vee love show. But it was like, Hy-Vee yeah. made this event happen. Yes. And I tried to explain, like, look, it's practice. The only people watching it are loyal. They're going to watch it regardless. But if a hundred mentions of Hyvee gets Hyvee excited, and you don't have to, you know, burn this down on the the sort of the terrestrial race yeah, broadcast, yeah. and let it happen. And I assume this is the logic you guys are using. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's a partnership. And sure. NBC is a partner with IndyCar, IndyCar with IMSA. Exactly. Yeah. So yes, we're journalists, and if it if we have to tell a story that they don't want us to tell. We got to tell it. Yeah, but, but if it's let's help each show. other. Yeah. It's well, it's good for them and it's good for us. The better, the more solid ground the sport is on, the better our ratings are. The more commercials mm -hmm. are sold. And for example, High B is spending money with NBC. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, they're buying it, ad space. Yeah, oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. Is that something that's that's communicated to you from the management at NBC Sports? They're like, hey, we need to make sure sponsors like us, or is that just common sense from knowing I think it's how? It's common the, sense. Okay, because yeah. most of us are in the business. Yeah, sure. You know, we've been around it enough. There, yeah. there are very few people that are just assigned to motorsports because they have a staff contract. Yeah, right. With a network. Sure. It, it has happened. Sure. Um, and it happened more back in the day, mm -hmm. but. Typically now, there's no one working on the broadcasts that doesn't understand. It. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see the benefit. Yeah, is there a cutoff time period for you for when it's like, all right, I've done everything I can. You're in your 20s now. When I can't find more money, that's, yeah, it. that's kind of yeah. how I, I guess I would look at it. Yeah. If if someone is still finding value in mm -hmm. the partnership, yeah. and you know, as we know, it's more than just results based. Yeah, um, that's the fun part of it. You know, sure. people like Victory Lane pictures and things but but as long as someone is willing to pay for you to race mm -hmm. or you can race for free and hopefully soon yeah. get paid for it it's up to you what if nbc or ims starts saying you know we kind of don't like that you're soliciting your name out there 
Uh, I don't see that happening because I'm not sure there's anyone on our, on our broadcast, especially on the NASCAR, especially on the NASCAR side, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that isn't involved We're either. All guilty. Either working for a team, uh, own a team, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. driving for a team, yeah. or your son drives. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. So you're all that way. Now, it, it would be if, if he's, yeah. if, if he's yeah. an Indy car. You know, yeah. that's yeah. that's a little bit different, sure. but it can be done. Marty Snyder announces. Pit stops for yep. his son Myatt. Yeah, yep. you know yep. Jeff Burton is calling his kids yep. racing. Yep. Dale Jr. owns right. the car. Steve Latart works for a team. No, I got yeah, it. Right. As a consultant, yeah, he works for, yeah. Yeah. He works Mar- for a like, team. Yeah. Marty and Townsend have their own production company. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Cal- and, and Townsend Cal- was, was, was still manager. an active yeah. IndyCar yeah. driver, and he yeah. works in, in yeah. sports cars. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. No, he's Australian. As long as it's all on the up and up. Yeah, yeah, and it, it works fine now because yeah. all of our partners, yeah. none of our partners are on an Indy car. Yeah. 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 yeah, up and up is in like as long as you're transparent about what you're doing. Yeah, okay. yeah. as long yeah. as everybody knows. So yeah. they so they know that he's he's snagging rides in the rental car. Jackson is with you guys on Indy Indy weekends. No, no, no. Oh, he well, never never drives the rental car. No, no, but he's, no, he's in the past. He gets though. a free yeah. ride. Yeah, they're yeah. paying for it. Gets a free couch to sleep on in the pullout or something. Yep. To, yep. Okay, so yep. so NBC Sports is sponsoring Jackson Lee is what I'm hearing. All right, you mentioned mom. I'm trying to figure out if you have game or not because I could see you being sort of a Stealth game guy. Well, he's got the radio show. You get yeah. like, yeah, like listen you to talk. me tonight. You can yeah. talk, but you've also got that adorable innocence to you, which I'm thinking is is a lie. So how how did you meet your wife? <laughs> so how's I would it? say how's I knew her for four years before we dated. Okay, we were in a class the together in college. Friend zoned. Acquaintance. She, okay. I think she she was dating someone most of the time. Mm-hmm. Through college. Uh, oh, yeah. the lurker. Yeah, yeah. Played the long game. Yeah, yeah. lurker. Okay, um, lurker. And you know I'd and part of it was she she had come to parties at my apartment mm-hmm. so she also several went to, times oh, wait. to ball state with you i was yes yeah. i was already gone to the radio station each time when she got there <laughs> so then i think we ran into each other uh, somewhere out in broad ripple maybe she had, she's a year <laughs> older than me she had just graduated and it was the end of my senior year yeah so, something like that yeah and then even from then i think it was another year we ran into each other again okay so yeah nice. how'd you make it happen she would not give me her phone number. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She said, if you want it, Kevin? you'll figure it out and find it. So I forget. Uh, so she was working so at the time yeah. at an <laughs> ad agency. She was working at an ad agency. Yeah. Okay. And I knew one of the salespeople at the radio station I worked at. Yeah. She was the sales rep. <laughs> so I called her, and that's how I got the number. She said, okay. Said good enough, uh, but she was a sprint car person. The, ra- the person. racing is more her fault. Yeah, yes, because it's her side of the family. Yeah. She grew up going to the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. one of her uh, family's famous stories is is they were kids going to the track. What when, kind of racers? Uh, midget sprint car. Yeah, yeah, when like the late '80s, the Jeff Gordon era. They knew Jeff. They mm-hmm. hung around with Jeff because he was you know 16 years old as well. And I don't know when this would have been. I don't know if Jeff was 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. But Jeff asked my wife's sister out, and she turned him down. Oh, and they—he's yeah, like, not going and, anywhere. And her husband yeah. likes to make fun of her for that to this day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah very, this kid's very, got no future. Yeah, yeah some dirt. Look at that mustache. Yeah, exactly. Look at that mullet. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't grow up as a as a race fan necessarily. Um, has there been an intimidating interview in motorsports for you? I'd say AJ is always intimidating. Yeah, you know, and and it's. He doesn't have a lot to say, so you know you've got to have the next question ready really quickly because yeah. it's likely going to be a two-word answer. Um, I had no bad experiences with AJ, but sure. that's that's kind of the one. Yeah. That 
uh, you know, Mario maybe would be intimidating, but he's not. He's such a good Mario dude. Mario yeah, is exactly. such a wonderful person yeah. and is so engaging, so I've I've never really had any trepidation there. Mm-hmm. But but it is, you know, and you, we're covering the athletes, but we all hang around together. Yeah. And at the end of a weekend, you know, you end up sitting around with Dario Franchitti. Mm-hmm. You know, how cool is that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we guy, think guys all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys like Dario and Kanan, uh, I hold high reverence for because when I was getting into it full time, they were the the top drivers, and they were so nice to me. When a driver like James Hinchcliffe shows up in in the sport and he's super charismatic in every interview, do you look at someone like that thinking, "Oh, that that could be that could be days off my schedule"? That's the running joke. That's been the running joke for ten years. Yeah. That we all wanted Hinch to drive as, as long, long as, as possible <laughs> because he's taking one of our jobs, and he actually did take my job a few weekends. Oh, yeah. That first that yeah. year that. Uh, oh, when he was sort of in between. In yeah. 2020. Yeah. I'm freelance. I'm yeah. not staff. Yeah. And so on any given weekend, they can tell on you. On any given, and, yeah. and they did a deal with him. Yeah. To do a few weekends, so yeah. there were a couple of weekends where I sat at home. Yeah. And you know he he didn't he didn't know that at the sure, time when he sure. signed up, and he felt awful about it and apologized for it. And yeah. I have I have no animosity to him because he I knew he'd be good. Sure. He's great to have on the broadcast. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. But yeah, I, I would see you guys being like, mm, I hope I hope he keeps the career going because yeah. he's very engaging. More so the booth guys though. Yeah. Because again, Hinch realized I don't want to do pit report. Yeah, right. That's actually right. a little bit of work. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just sitting there and talking. Now, Hinch and Townsend are fantastic about going out and talking to people. They have stories. Mm-hmm. But pit reporting is a, a little bit harder in some ways. Yeah. Is there a lot yeah. of back and forth? Are you booth guys? Yeah, you say, field guys. You, 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 we, 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 we will make comments when they talk about the air conditioning being down to 66 and things uh-huh. like that. When we're standing yeah. no, that's low hanging 100. Because yeah, yeah. 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 I just think of like Zoolander. No, like you facing body boys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, they, they all understand it. And in yeah. this case, all three of the people in the booth have been on pit lane. Just mm-hmm. worked on pit lane before, so they kind of sure. get it. And I understand their job as well because I'm in the booth on occasion. Sure. All right. Well, let's talk some shit. Yeah. We will absolutely bleep names. Uh, well, you have my word. You're going to hear this, but I just want to. I just. I got some questions. Do you? He's extremely good when the mic goes in front of you, or in front of him, I should say. But the three seconds before that mic comes, it always looks like he wants to murder somebody. How, does everyone know he's a psychopath? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> how do I answer this? How do I? How do I not die? He's not. Uh huh. But he is intense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know that it translates what I, he looks like right before that mic comes to him. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes sometimes yeah. it's coming out on air yeah. a, a little bit now. And <laughs> there was a point this year where he came up the next day and apologized to me. And I said, no, no, yeah. please yeah. show your personality. Don't it's hurt okay. Me. Yeah. It's okay to snap back at me if you don't yeah. like the question. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, but he is super intense. And I think as he gets more experienced – he is not afraid yeah. to, to show, show right. his personality. Yeah. I don't think people saw two seconds before that dude looks like he's ready to murder. If things aren't going well, yeah, if things aren't going well, point that he's yeah, not yeah, just yeah, yeah. a raging asshole for no reason. Yeah. He's ready yeah, to yeah. pounce. But like a third place, he could be angry as hell. About yeah, it sure. He's so competitive. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and if it's not going well, um, you kind of get the eye roll when you come over and ask to talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they just see you walking up and. I'm sure everyone else gives the mental eye roll, mm-hmm. but they realize I got to do it. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is part of the job, yeah. Yeah. and I got to do it. Yeah. And yeah. like, so yeah. he's just more relaxed. Yeah. 
And like I said, when he came and apologized, they said, you don't need to apologize. Yeah. Say what you want. I, I feel like I have become the uh, willpower therapist over the years because <laughs> you should do, we should do like a, a mashup of willpower moments in interviews, and it's usually me standing next to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, throwing the water bottle on my foot at Detroit after the car won't start. <laughs> I like how he uh, says, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of awkward. Um, I love willpower. Yeah, I yeah. have what greatly are... enjoyed my relationship with Will over the years, and, and I think yeah. I've become a somewhat his therapist because before <laughs> the interviews start, I'm the one listening to Will um, basically – speak ill of whoever he's not happy with right. or the situation right. or what went wrong and then he's able to well sometimes yeah. put the filter on sometimes there still is no filter yeah. when yeah. when the light goes on uh, but I think you can find a mashup of a, a, a lot of different images like the the end of the Detroit race when he was winning yeah car wouldn't start a couple of years ago and I get over there and you got to get willpower on and I'm maybe this is part of being around it too closely, but yeah. I'm thinking of him. I'm, yeah. I don't want him to destroy his career yeah. or yeah. do anything that's going to get him fired, and I'm hearing what he's saying. Yeah. And he's not ready to be on network television. Yeah, right, right. i got to give this guy a moment. We don't ask any other athletes to do this. Yeah, right. Let's give him five minutes. Yeah. And he's throwing water bottles at me, and people think he's mad at me. Yeah. He's not. He's yeah. just venting, yeah. and I'm the sounding board. Yeah. And then eventually we get on the air, and it still doesn't go very well <laughs> for what he says yeah. uh, with comments about the series, and I, I forget what else it was. How's the relationship between you and your producer and your ear when it comes to that stuff? Like if they're saying, hey, we want we want him fired they're, up and throwing stuff. They're pretty good about understanding yeah. because they know the sport. Forever yeah. it was Terry Lingner, yeah. you know, and he, he drove himself. Yeah. So he understands that. But he also would say, you got to get in there. We got to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and even with Renee, who is our producer most of the time now, um, I think she would have been producing that race, and it was like, we understand. Yeah. We give him time, but at some point, it was, we got to go in. Yeah, right. And they don't usually have to tell me that. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's time to go, mm -hmm. and that is part of the job, now, that you have to represent your sponsors and your team yeah. and speak on television. So you're listening to a producer while you're asking questions sometimes or yeah. while they're talking, you know, how do you, or does it ever get to a point where you're like, no, no, keep pushing, keep pushing, like, because... If you're not getting the answer you want out of somebody and they're just kind of vaguely... Some will uh, ask a question they would like you to ask. Uh -huh. Or what I, I do love this is reminding of something that happened early in the yeah, race. Sometimes yeah. uh, a challenge is post-race, you may go do an interview with someone that you weren't covering. So to kind of give people an idea of how pit lane reporting works, whether it's IMSA or IndyCar or NASCAR, we all have sections. And if you have three pit reporters, it's basically split into thirds. So during a race, I am blocking everything out that's not with my nine drivers. I sort of hear it, and I'm trying to pay attention, but I might miss something because I was listening to someone go off on their radio at the time, and I might have missed it. So I do like if I'm interviewing someone I didn't cover to remind See. me of what the – hey, don't forget, they ran into so-and-so right. right. so on lap six. But you're saying you're scanning the teams in your pit lane? So, yeah, we have the that's option to have a lot ear. of voices in our head. Yeah, that's a <laughs> Beyond lot Beyond the other talk. voices in my head. So you're, you've, got, you've, got the booth, you, uh, you've got the booth talking, you've got the pit lane reporter that you're directly intercommed with, and you're scanning radios of the however many pit stalls you're accountable to. So left ear is program. Program meaning the actual the feed. The show. Yeah. yeah. And the truck. Yeah. So when the truck talks to me, program gets muted in my left ear. So okay. if they talk too much, I've missed what was happening on the air. Okay. Right ear is the choice of program. So 
I could have that uninterrupted, but that's also the scanner ear. So right. then I have a choice to listen to scanners, which is the team radios. But yeah, so scanner is fed you, or you literally have like a scanner. I have on your a scanner hip, on my like pack. You're putting in. Okay. And it's, no, I don't have to do an. Okay. Some broadcasts you do have to do the earbud. Yeah. But it, but it's in, it's in your headset. It's in my head. It's yeah. it's fed into my headset. So I just have a button that changes it from full program in my right ear to scanner. So what I I try to do is when they're getting when I know they're about to throw to me, I'll take scanner off. Yeah. Right. Because what might happen is the producer will start talking to me as diff throws it to me right. and he's asked me a question and I didn't hear it because they're scanners because right? well yeah. because the producer started talking to oh me. gotcha okay. and then but what happens if I'm calling you know there's a car stopped on pit lane that has a mechanical issue so I keep that scanner on specifically with that team I'll lock into a team trying to find out what the issues they may you know okay it's it's it, it won't start or we've got a gearbox issue um, so in that case I am a bit in peril that if someone says something on the air or a producer says something, I don't hear what's in program. And my biggest fear is that the person I'm interviewing at some point is going to have this major uh, statement. You know, yeah, this is my last race. Yeah, right. And, okay, thanks. Over to you. You know, right. yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, ask yeah. a follow-up yeah, out yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you can't really take your ear off. <clears throat> so it is, it is walking a tightrope at time. And then, you know, you're trying not to get – run over by a car you're trying not to catch on fire you, you in, in reality you're trying to stay out of the way because yeah. there are people working so you're moving around yeah as you're doing things PR folks Do- are doing stuff yeah yeah selfies mainly. <laughs> yeah selfies yeah. right yeah <laughs> have you ever dared each other to work a phrase in hinch last weekend asked if i could get uh, i said donnie brook yeah and you he did. said you should use that and you, i said okay I am. You did. we were talking about you know somebody oh it's gonna be a great scrap it's gonna be a fight and i said it's gonna be a donnie brook and hinch was like that's good i did yeah, so I, yeah. I, I used that in the open I, I did hear that i was listening i watched on peacock and i was like what <laughs> and, then I, and ode, then I just went along that's my, my day. ode no. to keith jackson okay yeah, because we we've done this before. We'll just start sliding in inside jokes for ourselves. We did it with Dominguez. Yeah, with Dominguez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see. Yeah. No, I think uh, yeah. Paul. We did have some phrases with Paul specifically. We had we had different phrases that only yeah, uh, like me, Paul, Diff, and Townsend would understand. Yeah, that we would use at different times. Yeah. and we'd slide that into the broadcast. Because like if if you if I knew that like Sean hated you know, some driver that we were going to interview or something like that, or, or we might interview, I would bring that up. Like, well, Sean's a huge fan of yours. So, you know, something like that. Would you, I could see you guys doing that. Like PT probably has like a beef with someone. And you'd be like, well, PT, obviously you and uh, Elio are, you know, close friends now. So nothing comes to mind there. Okay. You're too clean. You know, even yeah. the people that yeah. Paul had beef with, yeah. he made up with. He and yeah, Bourdais got sure. along great. Yeah. 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 How do we make you a son of a bitch? I'm yeah. trying to figure it yeah. out. We can't do it. Yeah. Liquor You're clean. Yeah. Liquor. Liquor. We got time. Yeah. We got time. <laughs> I mean, not today, what's, but down the road. Yeah. We'll visit again in 10 what's years. Your, what's, what's the Kevin Lee trigger? It doesn't have to be work-related. Like when you get home. <laughs> yeah. What's the thing you just can't take? What makes <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I get annoyed when the kids take plugs out of the TV, and I can't figure out how to hook it back up. They've Why do they take plugs out of the TV? What do you mean Oh, because they're like uh, switching. Plug it in a game or something. Oh, okay, so they're like sure. unhooking the cable to put the PlayStation in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Dad, right. you know, despite the fact I have a telecommunications degree, cannot <laughs> hook up <laughs> not the television. Right. Yeah. Right. Again, okay. go sit back behind yeah. the desk and talk. You, yeah. you said you watch everything delayed. Like everything's Pretty much. Recorded. Even yeah. big... Super Bowl mm-hmm. is probably the only thing I watch live, live because you want to see the commercials. Okay, yeah, for but sure. But yep. I tend to watch things a few. I'll sit 
I'll watch something else, even if I'm sitting there and wait 30 minutes. <laughs> so if there's a long caution yeah. or just commercials, yeah. uh, and I feel like, hey, that's an hour of my day, I'm getting back. And it's, I can get more done. I don't watch. You can watch more TV. Yeah, you can get more. Uh, well, I figure it's the business I'm in. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I, I do need to watch TV. Yeah. Um, Is that your justification I can get, at home? You know, have, <laughs> oh, man. I'm, no, i got to watch Narcos. This, this, is, can, I, this, this guy is my can, job. Yeah, this no, guy that's, can get through. that's how I watch you know, Sports Center or whatever. I've got to watch this game. You have. Haven't worked in the NBA for seven years. Hey, you never know. You never okay. know. Okay. okay. Actually, I don't watch a lot of other. Uh, I've been in sports for so long that I find myself. I watch mostly motorsports because it's still the business I'm in. I watch. I do watch the NFL every Sunday. I don't watch as much of the NBA because I did it for 19 straight years. I, I still love the NBA, but one of 82 games. Uh, and and when we get to the playoffs, I miss it because I'm busy. Because that's when we're working. I love baseball, but I'm a Cubs fan, and we don't get the channel. Because MLB has very bad blackout restrictions, and it's not available in streaming services and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I don't watch as much sports as I used to. What's the race weekend routine for you? Like, I, If there's a Chipotle nearby, and I can get out of the track to the Chipotle, to my hotel room by like 7, that, that's, a great, that's a great night. You know? I, I go where... Uh, Townsend and Diff and the others have decided we're going to go. Okay. They're in charge of So you guys go picking. to dinner every night almost. Not every night, but yeah. most nights. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess if you're just sitting And is it properly talking. going out like this, or is it like, let's just go to Chipotle and go back no, to the No, we room? usually, uh, there is a number that we're allowed to go to, and unfortunately, we normally go above that number. Oh, you have a, like a... We have a limit. Have, okay. Oh, so like a per diem. We don't, we don't have per diem. But you yeah. have, we have We have an expense limit. And so you're allowed to expense your meals. Yes. Wow. Big time over yeah, here. But only to a certain level. Yeah. Sure. Only sure, to yeah. a certain level. So and unfortunately, they pick really nice restaurants say, sometimes is not going to where I go above that. So, Paul Tracy. So, like, yeah. How did that work Back out? to your original question with Panera. If, if okay. I'm on my own. Yeah. So for the sports car races, yeah. the booth most of the time is in Charlotte. Yeah, they don't go. So sometimes I'm the only one or maybe there's one other yeah. person. Yeah. And there's a lot going on. I, I still have i need the entire evening yeah. to get ready for the sure. next day especially if i'm doing a michelin pilot challenge race yeah. as well yeah. so that's when i'm most likely to stop by panera on the way home yeah and that's that's what i do gotcha yeah chipotle is my go-to i uh, do like um, chipotle but i have not done that there's in a one while. right around there, the corner <laughs> there used to be one uh next to the radio station office downtown that i would go to okay. all the time but i don't go in the office anymore right i do my radio show from home yeah so, like yeah. you said, on the on the IMSA side, most of the booth stuff is remote in Charlotte. <laughs> it's basically just the pit reporters and the and a, just the staff needed to get that stuff produced that comes out. Yep. Um, do you guys develop your own kind of band of brothers with that? The fact that you're out there toughing it. Uh, we do tend to remind them sometimes that, for example, our hotel was an hour and fifteen minutes away from the track. Yeah. Where yeah. theirs was two hundred yards away in Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I've, yeah. I've experienced both. Yeah. So I've. Yeah. I like being at the track, and I wish we were always at the track. Sure. Yeah. But Boy, those Man, races nice. when you walk 200 yeah. yards from the hotel yeah. in yeah. NASCAR Productions yeah. in Charlotte to call an IMSA race is good. It's a decent mix. So the booth was at Petit Le Mans. All the broadcasters were there. Yeah. We're always together at Daytona, and we're together at Detroit and Long Beach because it's a combined mm -hmm. production with yeah, IndyCar. Yeah, yeah. They already yeah. need trucks there. They're already there. Yeah. Anyway. I think it was Paul Tracy that told us like whenever they did production meetings, he was just playing on his phone the whole time. What, what are you supposed that to be doing? sounds about right, I, I, yes. I'm pretty sure yes. that he told us that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what Actually, you, that 
sometimes was the case during the broadcast, too. Okay. Huh. That tracks. All but you know yeah, what? Yeah. You think Paul wasn't paying attention, yeah. and he would point something out that no one else noticed. Right. Paul is really sharp. Yeah. Paul is really sharp. So what are you supposed to be doing during the production meeting? Listening. <laughs> but I can multi. So back to I've got nine voices in my head. Yeah. I am not embarrassed to be scrolling Twitter. To face it, Twitter is our news feed. And drivers, teams tweet, hey, we had to do an engine change. you you got to stay up on it before a broadcast. So I'm, sc- I'm scrolling Twitter sometimes if, if it's not something I need to know. Because a lot of it, you know, if they're going over what the booth is doing, it doesn't affect me. Um, I, I have the format in front of me. Yeah. I think the biggest surprise I took away from shadowing for a weekend at the Miami NASCAR race, and I'm sure it's similar, on the, especially the Indy 500 and things like that, is the amount of people required to do a broadcast yeah. like that behind the scenes you know anytime you guys are on pit lane and, you, and you're on tv you've got two to three people with you mm-hmm. per one commentator you know or one reporter on pit lane and then you go back to the tv compound for example at road atlanta they do the tv tv compound right near where a lot of us park at linear speedway so you walk past it and the amount of equipment, trucks, trailers, and that's a small cabling. production. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's insane. <clears throat> when I did the NASCAR event, it, like just that many people. I mean, it was like a like a film production set. You know what I mean? With hospitality, catering. All I don't this know stuff. what the number like, is, but it's probably two hundred yeah. for the Indy five hundred, and yeah. probably a hundred yeah. for most races. Yeah, a hundred people. And those guys, those are the people that work. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the talking heads. Yeah. But they get there, and they're they're setting up an event. Every week. They're yes. the circus. Yes. They're yeah. showing up on Tuesday. Yeah. They leave Sunday night, Monday morning. Yeah. Maybe go home and say hi. And they're traveling Tuesday or Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday most of the yeah. time. Yeah. And rebuilding the whole thing. Yeah. Laying all the cable. Yep. Setting up the location. No, this isn't right. we got to move this around. Yeah. If you look at our IMSA schedules for the uh, internals, you know, like that has the breakdown of everything that we look at. The TV guys are there the day Tuesday that. Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday. Like stringing out the track. To yeah. lay out the cable to make it all work. Yeah. So that, to your point, like they are really on the road a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then it's easy to go on Twitter and be like, I didn't like that they didn't talk <laughs> about my favorite. <laughs> and, and I feel bad when the race ends. We put our pack away and we head off to dinner. Yeah. And. They're there tearing down, yeah. sometimes in the pouring rain, yeah. until, you know, if the race is over at 4 o'clock, they're probably there until 10 o'clock. So you guys are like the drivers of kind of yeah. yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel yeah. bad about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but not that bad. <laughs> if we, <laughs> if we offered hey. to help, they would oh, yeah, immediately say, they'd get out. you know, I can't, yeah. I can't yeah. roll cable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'd be useless. So, like, just yeah. go to Panera, just Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your Panera, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> we do appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, worst call you've ever had to make on, on television? Well, I was doing radio, the 11 Vegas race. Oh, wow. Uh, that yeah. was awful. Yeah. That was awful. And yeah. I think I probably just kind of checked out for a half hour. I was on pit lane. Yeah. And I felt bad for the booth guys because yeah. they're – and Joseph Newgarden was in the booth. Mm-hmm. He had won the Indy Lights Championship that year. He yeah. wasn't in IndyCar yet. Yeah. And he volunteered to be in the booth. And I've never listened to that broadcast again. Yeah. I can't remember anything was said. I don't imagine they asked Joseph a whole lot, but he's sure. sitting up there during this. Yeah, uh, That was just an awful day, and pretty soon we knew where it was headed and couldn't say anything about it. Yeah. And you would see people on pit lane told and their reaction yeah. and try to go on, you know, oh, that's just just awful. Yeah, human interaction or the human reaction to the tragedy, not for like you have to go on on the air with this. I like remember just, nothing just about what I said it. on yeah. the air that day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all blacked out. I'm sure I eventually came back on and yeah. did reports and sure. did interviews. 
um, because you know there was a debate going on: do we finish the race? Right. At the time, and you're walking up and down pit lane, and people are, uh, "What's going on? What's going on? What do you know?" And and there were people that, well, no, yeah, this is this is the business we've chosen. Yeah. We got to finish the race. Yeah. There were people that were, no matter what happens, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And that was a major internal argument from within. Yeah. But that was that was really 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 tough. Were you close to Dan at all? He had been working with us that year. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not going to say I was best friends with Dan sure. or anything, but, yeah, we were pretty close. Yeah. I mean, I'd known him from when he was a driver. Mm-hmm. And when you start to work with someone, you really get to know them. And then I think he had developed a better appreciation of some of the things that you've talked about with you and Sean of kind of understanding yeah, how this works. Yeah, yeah. So Dan was, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought. Oh, right. okay. I probably should have. You know, been a little nicer to <laughs> you guys. Time. Yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. Get, you know, not, not yeah. giving you grief. Dan, yeah, Dan right. used to like to play jokes. Yeah. And I know one, I learned about this after the fact, um, he was annoyed with something and just thought he'd have fun with me in a Victory Lane interview. <laughs> and I was the second interview. TV was first, sure. and I was doing the radio interview sure. first. And he was, uh, he was dating Nicole Mansky, who worked with me at the time. Our pit lane lineup at the time was me, Bob Jenkins, yeah. and Nicole. Yeah. Nicole Briscoe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because Bob was in between TV jobs and was bored and came back and worked on pit lane with yeah, us. Yeah, But he, he told Nicole, watch this. I'm going to mess with Kevin. I am going to go as long as I can without starting the interview. So after they toss it to me, yeah. and I'm getting ready, and he's going to, like, take a drink. Yeah. He's going to put a hat. Yeah, he's going to walk kind of around. One second. And yeah. killed, like, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and Which is a long time. Yeah. However, yeah. Yeah. He forgot he was dealing with Radio Kevin, which uh-huh. would be – I'm surprised is, somebody didn't give you up. That would be no, my nickname. Yeah, I know. Tony Zeno gave it to me. I, I am yeah. the guy in charge of filling time on Peacock. Yeah, Radio Kevin. Because I can talk for, as you know, yeah. a long time without saying anything. So yeah. I filled – you know, I just described the action, yeah. like the old Lou Palmer, Victory Lane, <laughs> Indy 500 yeah. interviews. Yeah. And he's taking a sip of the milk and, yeah, he's and finished it and yeah. came away, and I thought that was fine. And when we found out later, Dan was messing he's with doing you. doing on purpose. Said, well, the joke's on him because I filled the time, and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Radio Kevin. <laughs> as far as nicknames go, that one's just terrible. You it is d- bad. You, you deserve more. Yeah, it's it's an internal. You, you deserve more. It's more of uh, that. I think started it's a dig. Like you're not a driver. You're a radio guy. <laughs> when we started doing the streaming <laughs> shows, podcast yeah. Ryan over here. Oh yeah, here yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. we started yeah. doing the streaming shows as well as being on TV. We'd go to a commercial TV break, like for qualifying. Yeah, yeah. And they would say, "Well, we promised commercial free on." NBCSports.com yeah, or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. So we got to fill this two and a half minutes. So they just toss it to me. To yeah, you're the guy. And yeah, I would yeah, just yeah. kind of walk around pit lane and yeah. talk and yeah, just fill in two and a half minutes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've you've been on the longest continuous broadcast at like eight plus hours apparently, like in IndyCar history. The, the yeah, that's another radio, Kevin. Yeah. yeah the uh, one of the preseason tests. Yeah. So I've done a few of those. Mm-hmm. The Alonzo test I anchored. Oh yeah. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Me, Mario. Yeah. And Johnny Rutherford. Yeah. And oh, Robin, cool. Robin was in pit lane. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. Mario was supposed to just be there for like an hour. Sure. And he right. sat there with me for six hours. We believe it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah but we like, believe that. During the 500 practice, like there are all day streams, or I guess around Peacock yeah. now, yeah. but they're all day. And yeah. there are a lot of times where nothing yeah. happens. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you're your the guy. Hu- I'm your Huckleberry. We've, got, yeah. we've gotten shout outs on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. you're looking for something. Probably have. I just remember there was once like a wide security game. He's like, I see Marshall Pruitt down there. You're like, that's all he's got. He's just pointing out things. Yeah, and the Alonzo test was yeah. one car yeah. was sitting on pit lane eighty percent of the time, right. but it was still a big day. Yeah, right? you know yeah. that's there were like two million people watching that. Yeah, uh, that stream. I've told this on this show before, but I got to do the MRN broadcast of Sebring with Greg Kramer, and I never realized how much there's not 
to talk about sometimes. Greg can fill time. Absolutely. I, I walked Greg out of puts there me like, to shame. I never. I, I always <laughs> thought Greg was like an okay commentator. I walked. I like. I'm like, sir, you are a master at your craft because uh, there's be nothing happening other than people driving around. And it's like, what do I talk about? And he yep. could, oh, and over here we got this guy. You know, he's been working a lot. And it, that stuff is an art. Yep. And so if you have a one-car test, even if it is a big deal, there are lulls of like, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, rain delays. You know, you run out of, like, clips to show. And, yep. Yeah. The Indy 500 practices are fun, but yeah. they do – there is always a stretch where everybody's sitting on pit lane. Yeah. Nothing's happening. It's yeah. not like the old days where you're going to see a big number come up. Yeah. Um, so – but we know the people watching are hardcores. Yeah. Yeah. This is not where we have to broadcast. Right, right. Um, we can narrow cast. Yeah, right. We can yeah. get into In it. other words, you don't have to soften it and make it like no. generic. Like you can it's, get into the, the, the nuts you know, and bolts. It's, it's Hinch. Explain exactly what's going on here. Let's yeah. talk about a yeah. spring change. Yeah. What that What is involved in that and things like All right. So pass along. So you've heard our show before, <laughs> so you know how the pass along system works. But uh-huh. we have a question from a previous guest, and we'll ask you to have one for the next guest. So last yeah. night. Well, hang on. Let's, okay. not, let's not give it away because the question. Gives it away. His question. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if you can figure out yeah, who our guest was. Yeah, so uh, the question for you today, normally we would tell you who it was, but how much do you like interviewing Bobby Rahal? Now think about who that could have come from. <laughs> Paul Tracy. <laughs> um, I'm fine with – I'm not going to say he's like, oh, I can't wait to interview Bobby the next time, but okay. I don't recall having a bad experience with Bobby. Yeah. Uh, he's always good. Okay. So what's the genesis of this? Bobby Rahal wanted to know how much you like interviewing Bobby Rahal. Yeah, I, I like interviewing I, Bobby Rahal. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's a little. I think you're taking it the wrong way. Yeah, to, it was more. It was more like am how I, awesome am I? Yeah, yeah. So he couldn't come up with the question. There it is. <laughs> is he is he Bobby or Bob for you? I I call him Bob, oh. but he's known as Bobby. Okay. Yeah. So okay. when I introduce him i would say i'm with bobby rahal and if i ask yes. a second question i might say bob or i might finish off with yeah. Yeah. thanks bob yeah. yeah and it's not like we're that tight yeah. no. that i know which sure. one bob requires clearance we've learned yeah, yeah. really yeah. Yeah. so he prefers to be bobby well no no it's no. a circle question yeah yeah, yeah exactly there's outer circle and inner circle. okay yeah. I, I could see yeah. you in bob territory yeah you're probably yeah. Yeah. i don't know if that's yeah. the case i might still we be got bobby. bob territory yeah but we had to earn it yeah we had to earn it yeah yeah i had to take down a lot of wine last night to help make that happen which is money. probably why your question was very generic. See, I, I don't get to interview Bobby much anymore because yeah. he's always in the suite. Yeah. And I, I miss oh, that. Yeah. You have he's to kind really of schedule box. it yeah, 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 yeah. with him. Yeah. So every once in a while we'll see him on, on pit lane and we'll chat with him. Yeah. But back in the day, it was a more frequent interview. I have a feeling if we had asked him like 10 minutes into the show to do a pass-on question, it might have like a really thought-out thing. Was, he was a little He was slurred. ready to go. But no. No, yeah, no, no. You know, it was a fun night with Bob. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were wondering this morning if he's had some fun nights with Bob. D- deciding not to do any more interviews if they're like that because he's probably hung over right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 he's fine. It was good to, oh, okay. I'm okay. sure I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, he's a professional. Yeah. yeah. No, he yeah. can take his liquor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, who is our We next? don't have an arranged yeah. next guest just yet, so unfortunately we're going to have to ask you to keep it generic. Yeah. But uh, if you could ask any generic question, you know the format of our show. What would that be? Doesn't have to be cars. Doesn't have to be racing. Well, so so here here's one that you might ask. I'll, I'll give you two. One, I'm always interested in. If you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? That that can That's apply one. Like to anybody. To anyone. The yeah. other would be if that comes up. Um, our job's not really a job. 100%. It's it's the playhouse. Yep. But there's always something. Eh, I wish I didn't have to do that. What's the worst part oh, of your job? 
That is good. How about well, that, you? So it used to be holidays uh, and yeah. weekends. I yeah. don't have to work as many holidays anymore. But yeah. when I was in the NBA or the NFL, you know, I've worked on Christmas Day, yeah. I've worked yeah. on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, I've missed most of my friends' weddings, things like that. Gone for birthdays. The family understands. Um, I'd say now it's the uncertainty. So it's much like being a driver. It's basically you are year to year you're race to race it is a very subjective business it's not just here are the numbers i'm producing i keep the job it's what one person thinks of you and luckily the one or two or three people continue to like me sure but what if that person ever changes right. yeah so you know i have no idea what i'm That's i think i'm going to be doing this for a while right. but i don't know and there are a right. lot of really good broadcasters right. that don't have good jobs right, right now just because of circumstances or there, i mean there could even be scenarios i don't want to jinx it but like where they're like we need one less pit reporter or you know well that's what are you that know actually, or maybe we only need two guys in the booth that now, actually you know? has happened we, yeah. we went with two pit reporters uh, for a while instead of three and that that impacted the person who's not on salary you know i understand that they're going to take care of the people that they're already paying whether they work or not racing aside what's the broadcast what's that missing broadcast piece you'd like to do I always I wanted to be a baseball announcer. Okay. Um, but I don't see it ever happening because yeah. it conflicts with motorsport. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. It's kind of a I'm not quitting motorsports until they tell me. Right. I'm quitting. <laughs> right. I'm going to be asked to leave. So I did get to. I had done nothing beyond high school games. My first job out of college was doing Newcastle High School sports. So I would do the Newcastle High School games. Uh, Ten or fifteen years ago, I met a guy who was the AAA announcer for the Buffalo Bisons through a friend was looking for somebody to fill in yeah, on your a few games, yeah. Yeah. and I did like 10 AAA games. Okay. And now he's the uh, radio guy for the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, cool. Um, but So I, I have done AAA baseball. That's kind of cool. I would love to do that at some point, but I'm never going to compromise. I, I applied for the Cubs job, the number two job for the Cubs, just for the hell of it. Why not? Yeah. With And I sent them, the tape I sent them, and at the time – Maybe I had done an NBA game, but I was the studio guy. I watched a playoff game from 1984. I happened to have on a VCR called the first two innings of the Cubs-Padres playoff game in a studio at the radio station off the VCR, called that, sent it to him, and got a call back. I made, oh. like, the final five for that. That's so and awesome. that was cool. You know, that, that, the yeah, Cubs yeah. were my, the team of my youth, you know, Harry right, Carey right. and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. all of that. But mostly my, my goal is just to keep – doing what I'm doing. I don't care if I'm in the – I like the booth, but I'm fine where I'm at on pit lane, especially if Diff is our lead announcer because I think he's the best. Um, and I like that I get to do a few different things. Sometimes I'm in the booth. Sometimes I'm in the pits. I've done a few NASCAR races. Uh, I'd like to do more in the wintertime. I'd like to do uh, more basketball. My hope is that I can do some more Big Ten stuff when NBC takes that over. I do a little bit of Atlantic 10 basketball for them. But there will be some more opportunities next year. So I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, anytime we can give Ryan Marine, we will. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't want to do anything to compromise your position. But how does Ryan Moraine become the next Kevin Lee? I think he's going on the right path. Yeah. yeah. He's doing what he needs to do, and he's working in every form of motorsport, and understands the different levels of sports car racing <laughs> to, to be able to do that. Yeah, which is I'm very assuming, hard. That's so a full-time job. Yeah. I believe he's doing the Indy 8-hour this weekend. Sure I think yeah. he is. And, yeah. you know, he's doing a Formula E race. Yeah. I think there was one race 
weekend this year where he was doing a Formula E race remote, yep. <laughs> was doing an IndyCar radio broadcast, yeah. and then maybe doing the sports car sure. series, like SRO, SRO yeah, remote yeah, yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. But, no, Ryan's, Ryan's a good young guy. He's on the right if, path. If it wasn't for his just – like just terrible, yeah. terrible personality yeah. outside of the sport. Absolutely, you know, because he's just a horrible person. I think you'd have a chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're gonna have a harder time finding dirt on him than me. Sure. When the kids were younger, uh, like the the like either at birthday parties or parent teacher nights, is there uh, when people learn when you work in racing? Is there fake conversation from other dads like, oh yeah, I got a Mustang. Oh yeah. Any of that? <laughs> yeah, you, you get a lot of that. Yeah. 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 I'd say here locally though, and this kind of tells us where the sport is, why there's still a lot more work to do, I'm still more recognized for working on Pacers and Colts radio broadcasts. Wow. No That's long crazy. time. Then, like everything in this series. And yeah. it's been show. eight years, ten years since I've worked for the Colts. You've had a long time in, in Indiana sports, you know, doing mm-hmm. stuff like this and broadcasting as well. Uh, in terms of somebody that might come across this that's a motorsports fan, you know, maybe say 10 years from now, what would you hope the legacy they take away for Kevin Lee is? Well, luckily, I've been around long enough that I might start to be building a bit of a legacy. You know, and, and I've had people tell me that I'm, and you won't know these names, but the Don Fishers and the Bob Lamies of the world, the people that Mark Boyle is the Pacers announcer, that they now, Jerry Baker, who you might remember, who did the Indy 500 as one of the turn announcers for 40 or 50 years, that they now think of me in that regard. I don't see that because I, you know, we all still think we're a kid and you still look up to a lot of people, but I, I am proud that I've been able to be around for a while. In, in some ways, I miss the fact that I'm no longer really associated with Indiana as much because I, I really could live anywhere at this point, what I, which is great, doing national stuff, but my heroes were the local broadcasters growing up but opportunity has presented itself elsewhere and that's that's fantastic i guess i would like people to understand that i worked hard for what i got i took advantage of the opportunities one of the reasons i don't do a talk show anymore is i wasn't really willing to burn people just for the joke and you kind of you kind of have to be willing to do that to be a good talk show host you can't worry about hurting someone's feelings and and I'm, I'm sure I've been guilty of this at times, but you have to remember the people you're talking about, their mom might be listening or it get back, gets back to someone. And is it really worth it? Um, yes. And sometimes it is. Yeah. And the Always people, punch down. The yeah. people who say that can be successful. Sure. If you're yeah. not willing to do that, then yeah. it's not for you. But the great thing about play-by-play and reporting is you're not getting into that. Yeah, you yeah, do that. You're not getting into that. Yeah. And I don't have to give opinions right. on television very often. Um, every once in a while you do in the booth, but most of it's you've got analysts, you've yeah. got experts. Yeah. My opinion doesn't matter whose fault the crash was, so I usually don't give it. Yeah. And Unless I'm by have, myself and then there's no one else to give yeah, it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Eversley again? <laughs> part of a seven-hour indie <laughs> practice yeah. podcast. Uh, my co-host went to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard you say this. Yes. All right. Well, well, I'd say with that, Continental's got the check. Thank you.